Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Three o'clock on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. Michael Ball not in again today. Zinger running things. I am just happy enough to be riding shotgun here. Barney Shinkerek with you for the next hour. Then Zing's going to take it for the last two. Got a lot of nice little nuggets coming up again when it comes to the year-end shows. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to tease it, Zing, right? Well, we got a lot going on today. Actually, we are going to hear from you in Hawaii today, who was in goal earlier this afternoon for Switzerland, and that route the USA took him down. What was the final? Like 10-something? I quit watching it because uh, we'll we'll get into it. But Yeah, not, not a good day. The Thursday edition of the Sports Cage brought to you by Frost at Real. It's back in 2024, January 26th to February 4th. You can join the citywide winter celebration for complete event listings or tickets. Visit realdistrict.ca. We, so what we have going on today, we have in the third period of play, 17 minutes left. Canada is up 3-2 on Davos at the Spangler Cups. Looks like Davos is working a five-on-four power play here. This is a significant game like we talked about yesterday, Zing, because Canada wins this, as we calculate, or the winner, mm-hmm. will jump into that semifinal. Yeah, one, one last game, the winner of this game will have to play. So this is huge. Oh, they almost scored... That Malich is is playing well. I've I've watched this game. I don't know how much of of it you watched today, but this game has been back and forth. A lot of power plays. Mm-hmm. Refs have called a lot elsewhere in the program today. We're gonna run down momentarily what happened in the WHL last night with the Regina Pats, Swift Current, and PA in Saskatoon in action. The Circle K tournament, former Max U eighteen Triple A tournament going on in Calgary. We're gonna run down. One Sask team has a game in the books today. The other two coming up. Four games in the NHL. Last night, (laughs) it was a full slate. So, full disclosure, I couldn't remember the parlay that I said I I told you to pick the Blackhawks over the Jets. I remember that much. Ah, I think that's the only one I got right, though. How about that Connor Bedard overtime goal? It looked like he was looking in the crowd when he shot the puck, didn't he? I mean, his eyes were just over here, and then... I think I saw... I feel like we're used to it here, though, in Regina, because we saw it for so many years. I was just going to say, you can... Sorry, before I go any further, join in on the conversation. Whenever you want here today, the text line, 306-936-6262. And then if you want the toll-free digits, 1-866-767-0620. The text line always brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln. I said to a gentleman this morning... It felt like watching when Bedard was back here last year playing junior. And I know it's the NHL, and I'm not being crazy, but how he wound up mm-hmm. three-on-three hockey, lots of ice, and he came in, and I think it was Shifley that had a chance, and he was kind of getting lambasted by some of the Winnipeg faithful on social media this morning, how he had a chance to maybe get a stick in the lane or knock Bedard off the puck. But 
yeah, it's it's moving pretty fast. And like you said, that toe drag snap release didn't even look like you know he was looking at the net. And I feel that Hellebuck felt that something high was coming, and it wasn't you know it was a low glove shot. And he looked so depressed after that puck went in the back <laughs> of the net, just face to the ice, just oh man, that was a like. Doesn't it seem like, you know, think back to when he was with the Regina Pats, we saw that day in and day out type of thing, right? And I feel like the people down south, like Blackhawk fans and even NHL fans, they're not as, I want to say, you know, honored or up to, you know, the knowledge that we are up here because I think the people in attendance there last night and the people in attendance over, you know, the first couple of months have been kind of like, Holy smokes, who's this guy? But for us, it's just another day at the office, Connor Bedard. But like, it's crazy that we are, I don't know, about a half of the way through the NHL season, and every game now it's becoming more comfortable and more comfortable and more comfortable. He looks so good. The game's in the NHL tonight, not to get sidetracked. We have Montreal Canadian fans you're in Carolina. Philadelphia travels into Vancouver. That's a long road trip. Probably the long start of a road trip there for the Flyers. Los Angeles. They're in Las Vegas. That's So there, here's a little playnow.com bet I took last night. Mm-hmm. Vegas. They stunk out the joint in Anaheim. But I took Barbashev to score. I think it was 10 Ten, the odds were 10, so, you know, put down 10, win 100, whatever you wanted to do. And, uh, man, did he have chances, but they couldn't score. And Anaheim dumped the Golden Knights. And then your Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton Oilers fans, you guys are taking on the San Jose Sharks in the late affair. Edmonton, a heavy favorite if you're thinking about sprinkling. It's okay. Man, would I love the Edmonton Oilers just to miss the playoffs. Imagine that. That's you're not a fan either? No, I don't like the Oilers. I'm a Canadians fan. Yeah. I'm a Canadians fan. I am not an Oilers fan. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I respect what they've done like a long time ago when I was like five. And I think Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. Leon Dreisaitl's great. But I just do not like them. And if they don't make the playoffs. I don't have hate towards the Oilers. I just, I just, I, I don't cheer for them. I don't really cheer for any other Canadian franchise outside of the, uh, of the Canadians. You know, if I had to pick one other team to cheer for, I don't know what I would do. But the Edmonton, I just feel like there's so many Edmonton Oilers fans around. And yeah. it, it gets on my nerves sometimes. With that said, I, I have a lot of good friends that are Edmonton Oilers friends, uh, fans, and I love and respect them. It's just a little bit too much for me sometimes. That's why I hope they lose in the Shark Tank today. <laughs> Well, you should you should sprinkle on them because they the Sharkies are a heavy dog. You could even at one point seven seven you can take them at plus two and a half. So I don't know how close that. Well, again, after the Christmas break, a lot of crazy things happen. So elsewhere in the program on the Western Pizza Hotline in the back half, we're going to be joined by hockey royalty, the winningest coach. In Team Canada history, if you go Olympics, Spengler, World Juniors, Izvestia, all those old championships, Dave King. Probably next to my kids, wife, and mother, 
the most important phone number I have in my phone. is <laughs> <laughs> Dave King. That guy's Rolodex, and his knowledge is unbelievable. So he's going to join us. We're going to talk a little international hockey back in the day. He's got a crazy story. If you don't know the 1982 World Junior story when Canada won their first ever gold medal down in Minnesota, Dave King was... It's the, the Czechs, right? I think it was... They tied the Czechs yeah. in that last game, the I gave them the win, but it's a, it's an awesome story. Dave will take us down memory road. He's also been involved in the Spangler Cups, and like I said, everything under the sun. So Canada's still up 3-2 in that game. Uh, do we want to maybe just update people quickly here? What happened? Like we said, we like to cover all of Saskatchewan. Earlier today in the Max or Circle K U18 Triple A Championship going on in Calgary. Uh, Warman lost to mm-hmm. Seanigan. Seven so, four final. Seven four. And, and you were mentioning to me like <laughs> some of the some of these teams. You like you know doing some research on them. This Seanigan team, they are on a uh, Vancouver Island. And you were showing me pics. And I was like, D- does this team play in Europe? Yep. Like these buildings and stuff. It just looks so rich out there. It's amazing where some of these kids come from. You know, it's like, holy smokes, how much dollar, how many dollar bills do you need to lay on the table per year to go to that school? I can't imagine, and and I'm sure maybe somebody can text in that's listening that knows nine three six sixty two sixty two what the price tag would be to go to this school. So we, I was looking at pictures of this prep school. And it looks like it's a kind of a, I don't know, maybe 30-minute drive from Victoria. I could yeah. be wrong. Don't get mad at me if I'm wrong. Sorry. But, yeah, the the, how, the infrastructure looks very European old. looks beautiful. Like the, the Hansel and Gretel style kind of buildings and, you know, just obviously very green being on the island. So it's a prep school. They dumped Warman today, like you said, Zinger. Elsewhere... In this set for Saskatchewan teams coming up, the Circle K PA takes on OHA Penticton, another academy that goes down in a bit here. And then Swift Current, they look for their first win against the Calgary Buffaloes. So that's Calgary the Buffaloes, yeah. So, so that game's at four thirty Saskatchewan time, and uh, the other game, the Prince Albert game, will be at seven fifteen our time. So seven fifteen. All right. So what are we? Uh, we'll take our first. Quick break here. When we come back, they're still, still on the power play. Are they, are, what's going on here, Davos? This ref has called. I don't. I can't find the box scores when it comes to the Spangler. I don't know if you're faster on that, but it's. It feels like there has been twenty plus penalties in this game, and I think I could be exaggerating a bit, but it's been nothing but power plays. But Canada's still up three two on Davos at the Spangler Cup. This is the Sports Cage on a Thursday for our friends at Real. Frost is back January 26th of February 4th, citywide winter celebration. For complete event listings and tickets, visit realdistrict.ca. It's Shank and Zinger on your home for sports in Saskatchewan, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the sports cage. Barney Shanker and Zinger with you. What year was that, Jordan Eberly goal? 
2009. 2009, Everly scores for Canada against the Russians. Uh, bad news here, Canadian hockey fans. Davos has just tied it. Under 10 remaining on another power play. It's 3-3. Under 10 to go, Canada and Davos at the Spengler Cup. All right, we have two tickets to give away to the Saskatchewan Rush New Year's Eve bash their game against the Albany what was it River Wolves River Wolf uh, Fire, fire. Wolf, I think Fire Wolves Fire Foxes Fire Wolf they're on fire somehow in some way Fire Muskrats <laughs> uh, they are the Fire Bearcats right in Barney's Lane <laughs> that is New Year's Eve up in Saskatoon, the Rush and Albany, and it's quite the party. Firewolves, yeah. Firewolves, fire yeah. Nothing going on on New Year's Eve. You want to make the trek up to Saskatoon. We have two tickets. On the heels of Zinger playing that fancy clip of Eberly scoring for Team Canada. You had a great idea. He was number 14. Yeah, he wore number 14. So I say, why not take Texter... Number 14 on the text line, so just text us up. Keep in mind, you have to go to the game. on New Year. This isn't like tickets for the rest of the year. You can pick your game. Yep. This is for the New Year's Eve game in Saskatoon, and you're going to watch a lacrosse game. It's unbelievable party. And don't scalp these tickets. We are giving them to you from the goodness of our hearts, so do not make money off us. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Straight onto a Virage Sale or Marketplace. Or I kid you not, I gave my friend tickets one time to a Ryder game, and I was scrolling through Virage Sale, and I saw them on there. I'm not giving tickets away to anybody anymore unless it's work-related. <laughs> he's, he's crushing pints at Western Pizza. It's ridiculous with the, disrespect. The cash he, he made off the tickets. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Okay, so text number number 14, you said? Yeah, let's do 14. 14. If you can go to the Rush Albany lacrosse game up in Saskatoon, New Year's Eve, the text line, capital Ford text line, 306-936-6262. All right, we're going to keep our eyeballs on this Canada-Davos game. Nine minutes left, 3-3. But we, we wanted to talk about the World Juniors and, and what's going on there. Now, everybody's, I guess, if, you know, Canada, and you know, we're celebrating that 10 nothing win over Latvia yesterday. Let's keep your pants on, Canada. It's Latvia. It was 10 nothing. United States dumps Switzerland 11-3 today. And they're 6 nothing Sweden over Latvia. 8-1. Czechnia over Norway. I'm just going through some of the scores in the tournament that have been absolutely lopsided. You brought up a great point. It's It seems like these games, obviously it's a made-for-TV thing now with TSN, but you feel that these, these games are just absolutely pointless. These games are pointless when you think about it. I mean, let's take a look. We have a Group A and we have a Group B, okay? We have five teams in Group A and we have five teams in Group B. Well, Every team will play four games, but guess what? They really don't mean anything because at the end of it, four out of the five teams from each group advance. So, like, why are we getting all excited? It's just kind of, at the end of the day, I would like the wins and losses to carry more weight than point differential, like uh, yes. goals for and against. And I feel like the way that this tournament 
is situated, goals for and against mean more than the actual wins and losses, which is totally against what yeah. it should be. I, I have not I have a 10-year-old daughter, and she plays... Uh, actually, they play in the boys' league this year, U11A hockey, but they go to the female tournaments, and I absolutely love it. Female hockey growing. Female hockey's never been better. It's amazing. Uh, that striker... Uh, lady, young lady from Regina Rebels going to play for Team Canada. Uh, next week, I think it starts over in Europe. Like, that's an amazing story. We'll get to that maybe tomorrow. But I find like female hockey, there is, you know, you go to these female tournaments at her age and there's two or three teams. Great games, one goal games, tight games. You know, there's a team from Saskatoon that we just can't get by when it comes to spring hockey. But then the other games are. 11-1, 14-0. There's just such the you know discrepancy in the score. And like you said, then it, if it comes down to points for and against or goals for mm. and against, then it's like you feel bad because you don't want to be peddled down on these teams, but it's going to matter, right? And I, when it comes to the World Juniors, I almost feel like this year, and maybe it's because I don't pay attention enough to the World Juniors, but it's almost like going back to the 90s or the 80s I was younger. I remember like Canada would, would beat, you know, Lithuania 16, nothing. And the Lithuanians showed up and their gear didn't match. And their goalie had like a bat catcher mask and a (laughs) makeshift helmet and street hockey pads. And then it was like this big celebration that we beat, you know, this poor team that probably has a handful of hockey players. It feels like it's going back to that. So here's a question. And I, I get it. And, and you want teams to come up from the B pool and teams drop down. What if it was just a tighter tournament? It needs to be a tighter tournament. And what the thing that I think would make it so much better is kind of make it like what the CFL is in the sense of the playoffs where, okay, we have five teams in each group. How about the top team in each group receives a bye and then three plays two, the winner of that plays one. And then two teams from each group don't make it. Mm-hmm. That would make these games so much more because the reason why we're seeing 10 to nothing, 15 to nothing type games is because teams are going out there trying to pile on the goals because they know that when it's all said and done, these goals for and against is what's going to separate the seeding in the next round. I just don't think that's the right way to go about it as far as an entertainment standpoint. So tomorrow... It's the big Canada-Sweden game. And you say, why is it big? Well, both of those teams are going to be undefeated going into that game. Sweden is the host. That one starts at 1.30 Eastern, which is 11.30. It'll be uh, 12.30 our time since the time. I think we're just one hour. uh, I thought we are two. We were two, but... Oh, maybe we are one, and then when NHL playoffs roll around, it's... Sorry, I know we should know this, people. No, because the time change was on November 5th, I remember vividly, because that landed on an NFL Sunday, and then we were two hours behind, but now I believe we are one behind, or one ahead, whichever way you want to phrase it. So, easier... Right now in Toronto, I say it's 427. Here, it's 327. You are correct, Thank uh, Gord for Google. It is one (laughs) hour difference. Uh, Pats fans, WHL fans, Zinger and I kind of ran through how important points are starting to get in the Western Hockey League. Yesterday, the Pats 3-1 lead in the third period. Oh, it was disappointing. They were playing such good hockey, it sounded like. 
and uh, they just let it slip. And I can't remember how many games in a row now the Pats have lost in overtime, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because in a number of straight games now the Pats have picked up a point in the standings. So it is, but then you can start looking back. I know. I know. Like, can, that, there's always two sides to it. But. That extra one, uh, Sam Oremba had two goals for the Pats in a losing affair. Pats are in Moose Jaw tomorrow. Moose Jaw, I think they're still on the break, right? So that's their first game after the break. Could be a bad thing. Could be a good thing. Obviously, Jaeger isn't in the lineup for Moose Jaw, so that might help the Pats. And then Pats are back home. Against those Wheaties. Saturday. Yep. And we're, you know what? Tomorrow, we're going to give away two tickets to that game. Yep. Tomorrow. We're giving away rush tickets right now. If you're text number 14, 936-6262 on the Capital Ford text line, jump in there. If you can make the game, and Zinger, Zinger doesn't want you to sell the tickets. If you do, I think it's actually a good joke. Text us next week. <laughs> Let us know how you how you did it, what you got. Text, text me a picture of the listing that you have. <laughs> we have a lot of texts rolling in. It's going to be, well, I say texter number 14, so I have to stay true to my word, I guess. I was going to say it's going to be hard for me to choose. But no, I won't rig the system. I'll, I'll, I'll pick number 14 here once we go to break. Yeah, and and 14, maybe they're, maybe it's their first ever lacrosse game, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully, yeah, it's great atmosphere. If you caught the show yesterday, big party up in Saskatoon New Year's Eve. You can take in the rush game and the big party after. Have you been to one? You asked me if I've been to one. I, I didn't ask you if you've been to a rush game. I've only been to one. And yeah, it was great. I think it was was year, I think it was year two. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Right there, yeah. Play the music, you know, while things are going on, the basketball feel, all, all that. A lot of atmosphere. And yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think that's a great thing to do on New Year's Eve if you got nothing to do. So, Texter 14, we'll get to get to that in a bit. Uh, update. Look at this. Another penalty. Oh, it's against Davos, though, it looks like. Canada is going on the power play with about, I think I want to say, seven minutes left. They're tied 3-3 at the Spengler Cup after the news break. I think we might have to wait till this game's finished because he's probably watching it. We're going to be joined by the winningest coach in Team Canada history, Dave King. The sports cage on this Thursday is for Frost returning to Regina January 26th to February 4th. All the info at realdistrict.ca or for tickets and find out the event listings. It's a great event. It's your home for the for sports in Saskatchewan. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 333 with the sports ticker. And look at this. H.C. Davos has taken the lead over Canada at the Spangler Cup. It's 4-3 with about, I want to say, four minutes left in regulation. So this is a big game. The winner of this game will finish first in the pool. And we'll get that first round by in the playoffs coming up here at the Spangler Cup, and it looks like Canada will have to play an extra game if they are wanting to win gold this year at the Spangler. We have a lot of NHL games tonight. Not as many as yesterday. Montreal is in Carolina. Philadelphia is in Vancouver. The Vegas Golden Knights at home to the LA Kings. And the Edmonton Oilers in San Jose taking on the Sharks. That is a 9.30 p.m. puck drop tonight. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. 
Welcome back inside the Sports Cage. Barney Schenker and Zinger here with you. Sports Cage on Thursday brought to you by Frost at Real. It's back January 26th to February 4th. Complete event listings and tickets. Realdistrict.ca. Yeah, we got bad chicken going on here. Zinger, Canada down. They were leading 3-1 going into this third period. They're down 4-3 to Davos at the Spangler Cup. Two minutes and 40 seconds remaining. Uh, Canada got caught. Davos quick transition up the ice. One of the uh, Davos four that initially touched the puck. Nice pass to get it back. A berry there. So four to three. Bruce Boudreau. Poor Bruce Boudreau, man. Like that guy, he seems like such a nice. He's the he's head coach of Team Canada. Seems like such a nice guy, but they just showed him after that goal. And he looked like I'm gonna bring stressed. Her, you're gonna bring her up again. <laughs> My 82 year old mother at an airport trying to find trying to find her gate, just full of anxiety and he just looked absolutely confused on what just happened. They're gonna pull their goalie soon here. I bet. No, well, they have to. Did you see the Swedish coach? So Bruce Boudreaux. If you're a sports fan or a hockey fan, you kind of know what Bruce looks like. Great guy. Looks like your favorite uncle that you'd see at a wedding. Just. I bet you he's just an absolute beauty of a human being. And then they show the Davos coach, and it looks like he just finished shooting like a Paco Rabanne commercial, <laughs> like a cologne commercial, or he was in GQ magazine. Like, he is well put together. Yeah, just a sexy man. What do they call Male rocket. He's yeah. a he's a male rocket. So Canada's got the board out here. They're Looks like they have a power play, I think. Yep. They got a power play with... Uh, so there's 201 left in the third, and Canada will have a two-minute power play, so they'll have the rest of the game. Joe Thornton with his beards in the attendance here, Barney. Look at this. <laughs> still growing. God, he's still growing. He hasn't cut that thing since, I don't know when. The oh, Bruins days, I think. <laughs> Bruce looks rough. <laughs> Bruce wants to get out of town. Uh, text line 936-6262. The two rush tickets. Did we, how many, you said there was a mitt full of. Yeah, we have a lot of texts, but like I said, I have to pick number 14 and and texter number 14 goes to Olivia Melissa of Regina. The lady with two first names. That's right. She said, I'd like to go to a Sask Rush game. I've never been to one. So, well, I'm going to take down some more of your info in a second here, Olivia. So just hang tight. And uh, these are e-tickets, so I will email them to you. Just have to get through this big game here. Tomorrow, in the first hour, I'll be joining Zinger Again, we're going to give away two tickets to that Regina Pets game mm-hmm. on the 30th against the Brandon Wheat Kings, which is Saturday. So tomorrow will be the next day. If you want some Pat tickets, tune in tomorrow. Those those will be fancy e-tickets as well, so we can just shoot them over the email. I don't like this era of e-tickets, by the way. I am a hard copy type of guy. Like I'm talking like binders open, pasting the tickets and yeah. the binders. Like I'm a big paper ticket guy. Yeah, like, We're a dying breed. <laughs> we are, man. <laughs> imagine 10, 15 years from now. I mean, it's already absolute, but imagine it's just like... They'll just, your eyes or same something. Same with the game You'll day just... program. The game day program is done. Some venues will do the, the yeah. e-program. Very select few still have the physical copy. Got into this with uh, Mrs. S the other day. Didn't really get into it. She just brought up a good point. Like she's on the uh, one of the boards for the I think at the Pee Wee Hockey Tournament, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Hey, why don't we go to an E program?" And then don't the do ge- it. Gentleman that was on the board said, "No, it's a it's a nice keepsake." Exactly. And then she said, "Well, does the does it 
you know, benefit cost-wise? You know, did we do a cost analysis on this? And I think there was crickets in the room after that. But yeah, I know the e-program is a bit. Uh, so Canada, 4-3. There's a minute left on the power play. We are, we're just waiting for this game to end before we call Dave King. Yeah. But I think now is the time we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be joined by hockey royalty, Mr. Dave King. You're listening to the Sports Cage for Real and Frost coming up at the end of the month on the home of sports in Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back inside the Sports Cage on this Thursday for Frosted Real. It's back January 26th to February 4th. Big extravaganza in Regina. Unfortunate news, Canadian hockey fans, Davos with that late goal knocks off Canada 4-3. to three. So Davos is going to finish in first in their pool. Canada is going to have to go the long way, as they say, to get into the semi or to get into the final. That's to play uh, one extra game. We'll get the schedule once they upload it here. Keep you updated on the sports cage. Canada had a great chance to tie it with about 30 seconds left. Not quite sure how the, I forget what player it was, just couldn't put it in. I thought Sweden might get a penalty for taking the net off, but that wasn't the case. Unfortunately, we're having some troubles getting a hold of Dave King right now. We've got cell service issues, but we're going to keep on trying on that. If you're just tuning in and you're catching up on what's going on at the Circle K U18 AAA tournament in Calgary, Warman lost this morning to Seanigan Prep School from the island 7-4. to four. Was that the uh, final? 7-4 final. 7-4. PA plays OHA Penticton coming up in a bit here, as does Swift Current. They're back in action against the Calgary Buffaloes at that massive hockey tournament going on in Calgary. WHL tonight, not much as far as teams from the East go. Everything's going out West. There's three games. Last night, the Regina Pats get one point, but they were up 3-1 to one on the Brandon, or they were up... Two goals. Three they one. Up, they were up two goals. Two goals going into yep. the third period. In the third period. Yep. And they lost in overtime. So they're back in action tomorrow against the Moose Jaw Warriors in Moose Jaw back at home Saturday against Brandon Swift Current. Big seven six overtime win last night. Those are two big points for the Broncos as well. Overtime win in Lethbridge. Brady Bernie, two goals for the Broncos last night. And Saskatoon doubled up on PA 6-3. to three. Saskatoon is an absolute wagon. There's, it's it's amazing how close this, uh, like if you look at the standings in the East, you look at Brandon, they're in third place right now with 39 points. And then you look all the way towards the bottom, the Calgary Hitmen have 30 points. So only nine points separate the third and tenth place team in the East. So this is going to come down right to the wire. Like you said, the last couple of games, the Pats have picked up points. But if imagine if they would have picked up the win instead, yeah. they would be in like sixth spot right now. No, but you know, and you know, the other good thing, Sports Cage, being that we are a provincial sports talk radio show, we got Saskatoon 
right now in the playoffs. Moose Jaw right now in the playoffs. Swift Current in the playoffs right now. And Prince Albert. So the only Saskatchewan team on the outside looking in is the Regina Pats, if they can try and sneak back in at some point. But Saskatoon, it's really nice. And I talking to Sharky, I think, a couple weeks ago when I was on the program, on how it would be nice to see Saskatoon you know, make a massive run, get that barn packed again. Last year, they were lucky getting by Regina. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like, <laughs> I went to that game six in Regina last year. It ended up being Connor Bedard's last ever home game as a Pat. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I would just love to go up there to Sastel Center for this game seven because I'm, I, I'm thinking about it in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it would be the, well, no, Calgary, I guess, would have the bigger arena. But once that arena gets bumping in the playoffs up there, Sastel Center. Yeah. There's not many better places to watch a hockey game. Okay. I'm a Saskatoon guy. Mm-hmm. I was in that rink in the I was uh, late 80s, early 90s, where they are unbelievable. They had, uh, well, that Memorial Cup, Memorial Cup year. I didn't get to go to the Memorial Cup final when they lost to Swift Current, but around then it was pounding, and then they had the, the Norm Miracle, uh, Ryan Fajita, those, those days they were so good, and that rink was packed. But as a Saskatoon-born heart still there a little bit, I'm going to tell you the Brant Center when Regina played Seattle, oh, 2017. Yeah, it's, it would have been the 2016-17 season, right? The yeah. WHL championship. That oh. was by far the best hockey atmosphere I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. You know, NHL games, eh, I've, I've only been to a couple of playoff games, but that was so electric in there. Small barn, everybody packed in. Well, it was sold out too. And like they had, they were giving away the white towels and stuff. It just felt like, I can't remember which game it was, but there was a game winner either late in the third or an overtime goal in favor of the Pats. Yeah. And yeah. And the arena just absolutely exploded. And I don't think I've ever heard an oh. arena that loud before. To who your point. scored that? I was at Nick Henry. I'm trying to remember who Lec- scored. Uh, no, not Lecision. Was it Adam Brooks? That was a squad that had all those guys. I and mean, they, Sam Steele, Adam Brooks. You had Austin Wagner. You had uh, Bro- Josh Mahara. Wagner got was a little banged up. Yeah. Brooks got banged up that that late run. But then Seattle had Barzell. Mm-hmm. They had Ethan Bear. They had um, who we got, else? We got guys yelling at us. Yeah, right on. Go, <laughs> he's, he looks like he's a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Yeah. He had his jersey sweater on. I mean, but that was that was absolutely electric. And then Seattle had that sixteen-year-old backup goalie that had to play, and they rode him all the way to the Memorial Cup. But then they didn't do anything at the Memorial Cup. Oh, uh, Kolazar mm-hmm. was on that that Seattle team as well. They were they were no joke. Unfortunately, we yeah we're not being able to connect with Dave King having some cellular telephone issues. Canada loses at uh, the Spangler like we just talked about. So tomorrow. Zinger and I, massive sleuth work we've done. We figured out that the game starts at 12.30 in Saskatchewan, World Juniors, Canada, Sweden. Sweden, the host. That's going to be a massive one. Winner of that should win the pool. Uh, United States taking on Chechnya tomorrow. That should be a little bit better. Latvia, Finland going at it. Latvia's 
probably going into that relegation game. And then Slovakia and Norway also tomorrow. Uh, oh, do you want to? Let's check out the odds. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to do earlier for tomorrow. For all you guys that like to, and girls that like to sprinkle out there. Well, let's put together something here. Put play, together a parlay for us. Playnow.com. We got USA. There really isn't much to. So the, the Canada Sweden game is your best bet for action. You got Canada 161, Sweden at 220. I don't know about the props, though. I don't know. I don't think they have the props for the World Junior Games. But you could hammer all the favorites to be safe at the World Juniors. You could take Latvia, Slovakia, USA, and Canada. But that, they call it Czech Republic here, Czechnia. I don't know. They a little, the USA, a little upset action. You know, Tanner on the text line says that he does not watch the World Juniors until the New Year's Eve game every single year and I kind of am alongside him on that one like I, I don't really get interested until the New Year's Eve game because usually that's when Canada plays the states or Canada plays a big nation they got changed the format to our point prior because this is this I don't I don't I can't see how anyone can get excited about what's happening right now <laughs> it's Tyler did you say or Tanner Tanner yeah What's up, Tanner? Tanner might want to make plans for New Year's Eve. Maybe rip up to Saskatoon to watch that rush game mm-hmm. because the New Year's game this year is Canada versus Germany. Oh. 11.30 p.m. start. So not the hype as in the past, but again, it's not in Canada. It's not always about us. And yeah, they usually tweak that schedule where there's a Canada-USA game, Canada-Russia game on New Year's Eve. So it's womp, womp, womp. Germany's a, the one nation I'm kind of hoping gets on the podium. Their, their best ever finish at the World Jays, I think it was 1981, they finished fifth. Uh, it would it would go a long way if one of these countries can find a way to to get a medal at one of these World Juniors. And I think if there is one team on the outside kind of looking in on the bubble, I think it would be Germany. That's first in line out of the teams that are kind of, you know, the rugrats, if you will. I got a text here from Cal, and he says, I'd like to see one. So kind of the same lines as you. He'd like to see one of the lesser nations. Make a run, Switzerland. I feel like they a couple of years ago, one of them did get a chance to play for a bronze. Was it Switzerland? Was it? Uh, I I do remember Switzerland being in the running. Uh, Slovakia, I think Slovakia was. But uh, like, let's 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 get behind a team that has never you know had a chance. Germany fifth place fifth place finisher. In 1981, imagine what that would do if they can like get into the medal rounds. Like that would be now. That's exciting. That's what I'm here for. I'm, I don't think it's going to happen. They're going to probably get demolished on New Year's Eve. I'm actually surprised because Germany is a massive country. Lots of hockey players. Some great hockey players have come through Germany. They're always very strong at the World Championships. I'm surprised that's their best ever finish at the World Juniors. But I guess maybe they have, you know, they have kids playing 
in the lesser pro leagues in Europe. Yeah, just they, not a lot of depth. You know, they like they have great top of the line yeah. players. Okay, Olaf Kolzig, where you at? I think he was German, wasn't he? Marco Sturm. Yeah, Kolzig, Drysital. Drysital's yeah. dad was an absolute weapon. They show old pictures of him back in the day in that yellow SK two thousand ripping <laughs> up and down. I think it was the eighty eight. I think it was the Calgary Olympics that he might have played in. Don't quote me on that. But his dad definitely played for Germany. Spengler Cup, back to the Spengler here, Zinger. I'm just checking out. So Friday, and it'll be the same time that this game started today. So that was this game started around 1 o'clock. Yep. Canada is going to play Cal... <laughs> Yo, this is going to be real interesting. Calpa Huipo? How do you say it? Do you know? Yeah, that, uh, it's something like All I know is they're not very good. They've lost every single game, I believe, in the tournament. <laughs> double K. Team Double K they're taking on Friday. So Canada's going to have to win that. And then they will take on, I guess, the winner of Game 8 will take on Dynamo. And then the other one will be Davos. So they got to go the long way to get back at the Spangler Cup. Text line, Capital Ford, Lincoln, 936-6262. We gave away those rush tickets. Tomorrow in the first hour, we are going to give away two tickets to the Regina Pats and Brandon Wheat King Saturday night. You will have to go to that game. They are not vouchers for any game. Um, four games in the NHL tonight. What were you thinking as far as a little parlay? Montreal, Carolina. Well, I got the Habs. I'm gonna. Of course you do, because yeah. you're a Habs fan. I'm gonna roll with the Habs. I'm gonna roll with the Canucks. I'm gonna roll with this guy outside our window here, doing uh, whatever. Uh, so I got the Habs. I got the Canucks. I got the Vegas Golden Knights, and I'm gonna go with the Edmonton Oilers. I think that's what is gonna happen tonight. I don't know what that adds up to. Maybe like a plus. 755 something like that so if you laid down 10 bucks 755 times I'm not good at math but you're <laughs> you'd win a couple hundred dollars Habs Golden Knights and Oilers yeah and Canucks over the Flyers I thought you were hoping for the Sharks tonight uh, I I am I'm I, I, there's one thing there my heart says one thing and my head says the other see with gambling you have to use your head I don't think you can use your heart because if you use your heart you're going to get heartbroken <laughs> you it's, know it and use your always use your gaming sense must be 19 years of older playnow.com it's the sports book that we roll with here on the sports cage uh, tomorrow else we're gonna try and get Dave King maybe tomorrow. Yeah, maybe that maybe that'll be we'll effort that tomorrow. Uh, elsewhere, we're gonna talk about the Regina Pats. Give away the Regina Pat tickets. WHL rundown. We'll see how the Saskatchewan teams are doing at the Circle K Championship in Calgary. Yeah, hopefully, Swifty or PA can get on the board because a uh, Saskatchewan based team hasn't won yet. And Canada back at it at the Spengler tomorrow. Now they get the extra game. That fires tomorrow, so we'll keep you updated there as well. And, yeah, just uh, what, what, do we got, what do you got coming up for the rest of the program today? We have uh, so we have you in Hawaii. Uh, top of my mind. What else we got? We have a couple other hockey segments. Chris Chelios is going to be on the show in hour three. And big tanning bad guy. Big tanning bad guy. Big. <laughs> hey, I think he's a surfer too. I think he's into that kind of thing. He's in damn good shape. Yeah, he's a surfer. He he's just the prototypical SoCal type of dude. You know, yeah. they're uh, going on putting on the Monday Nooner cap here. That's the the podcast that we're usually on. Yeah, a uh, little senior hockey 
tomorrow fires up as well in the area, in the CKRM listening area. Who do the Balgoni Bisons got this week? That's my team. That's the team I cheer for. I think they're still on break. Are they? Still crushing. Lazy, uh, huh? Still re- crushing the <laughs> 016s the and the Petaha and, and all the goodness from Christmas. No, but there are some senior games that we will tee up in the in the program tomorrow. Zingers got you for the next two hours here. Going to have a lot of fun. Check it out. I'm actually interested to hear that uh, Chris Chelios interview because I missed it the first time around. So Yeah, I'll be on at uh, 5.30-ish. It'll, it'll be up. So Sports Cage on Thursdays brought to you by Frost at Real. It's back January 26th to February 4th. It's your home for sports in Saskatchewan. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. Here we go, hour two inside the sports cage. It's 407, corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina. Sean Kleisinger with you here, taking you the rest of the way. Hour fun. Hour one was fun. Barney and myself chopping it up, talking a whole lot of hockey. There's a whole lot of hockey happening right now. The Spangler Cup, you have the World Junior Hockey Championship. You got the WHL, the NHL. It is indeed hockey season. Right when the Christmas season rolls around, you know for sure that it's time to play some ice hockey. And speaking of ice, big shout out to Real. Frost at Real is back for 2024 from January 26th to February 4th. You can uh, join in. For a citywide winter celebration, for complete event details and ticket details, you can visit the website at realdistrict.ca. I'm Sean Kleisinger, and we start every hour talking about this. Let's get it. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. You need to know there's a whole lot of hockey happening, like I just said. Now, Team Canada at the World Juniors not playing today. They will take on Team Sweden tomorrow in what is a very big game for both those teams. Both teams undefeated. And I was looking at the attendance at the World Junior Hockey Championship so far in Sweden. And anytime Sweden plays, the attendance is around 11,000. So basically a sellout there in Gothenburg. And anytime any other team plays, it's around four, five thousand, some games even less than that at about two thousand people. But these are the teams that are drawn big at the World Juniors. Sweden, Canada. When those two teams are playing, the people are rolling through the turnstiles to see them play. Spangler Cup, that game just wrapped up. Team Canada, they blew a big lead in the third period. They were up three to one. On the host team, H.C. Davos. And Davos, they came out firing in the third period. 4-3 the final score. So Davos wins Pool B, Group B there in the Spangler Cup. And they will get the first round by. So the path to the finals gets that much more difficult for Team Canada as things were looking really up for them there. But unfortunately, they had a third period collapse and they will have to get back to the drawing board if you will 
NHL tonight, there's four games. Montreal's in Carolina, Philadelphia's in Vancouver, the LA Kings in Sin City taking on the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers in San Jose and the Shark Tank meeting the San Jose Sharks. And I said earlier, I think my parlay tonight would be Montreal, Vancouver, LA Kings, and probably the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, the San Jose Sharks, they're not a great hockey team, right? 9-23-3, I believe their record is right now. Remember when they were 0-11? Well, since then, they've won nine games. So in the last, I don't know, handful of games, they are about 9-13. and So they're playing a little bit better brand of hockey right now. We'll see if that continues tonight. It's a 9.30 p.m. puck drop. Saskatchewan time. And the Circle K tournament, the under-18 AAA hockey tournament in Calgary happening. And there's three Saskatchewan teams involved in the tournament. And one game is a final from today. The Warman Wildcats, they fell to Shawnigan Lake School this afternoon. 7-4 to was the final score. Later on tonight, the Calgary Buffaloes take on Swift Current. And then... A little bit later on tonight, 7.15 p.m. Puck Drop Saskatchewan time. Penticton take on the Prince Albert Mintos. That game, yeah, at 7.15 p.m. tonight. The Pats are off tonight. They lost in overtime yesterday to the Brandon Weekings, so the Pats did pick up one point in the standings. And tomorrow night, they will be back on the road. I was going to say back on home ice, but that's not until Saturday. So tomorrow in Moose Jaw, the Pats are. And then on Saturday, it's a 7 p.m. puck drop under the orange top at the Brand Center as the visiting Brandon Weekings are in town. A little rematch from yesterday's game. So we are going to be giving away tickets to that game, Saturday night's game, by the way, tomorrow on the sports cage. So if you were involved in the sweepstakes today for the rush tickets and came up short, no need to worry. Don't panic. We still have a lot more tickets to give in our old tickle trunk here inside the sports cage. And we're going to break those out sooner rather than later. Well, tomorrow at about 3.30-ish, we will be giving away those tickets to the big Pats game on Saturday. It'll be the first home game, by the way, for the Pats since December 9th, I believe it was. Remember that game versus the Kelowna Rockets? That was yet another overtime loss for the Regina Pats. So the Pats, although they are losing hockey games, at least they are picking up some points. Because imagine where they would be in the standings if they weren't picking up those single points. So, just on the outside looking in as it sits today, but a whole lot more hockey left to be played as we turn the calendar over to 2024. There's some football happening tonight. It is Thursday. We have a Thursday nighter. How about some 6-9 and nine New York Jets? Trevor Simeon versus the 10-5 and five Joe Flacco-led Cleveland Browns. That's quite the story Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns have become here. I know my friend Rob Cairns, if you're out there listening, he's a big Cleveland Browns fan. He is. He's a day oneer. No, I don't think he watches their games, but he's told me time after time that the Cleveland Browns are his team, so I just go with it. I think maybe his dad had a Cleveland Browns hat growing up as kids. He saw the logo one day and thought, do you know what? That's going to be my squad. And those Cleveland Browns take on the New York Jets tonight. And friendly reminder, there's a, a nice special on Saturday this week in the National Football League. Usually, of course, there's no Saturday games in the NFL. Well, this week, we have a spicy one for you. Check it out. The 11-4 and Detroit Lions 
in Dallas to take on the 10-5 and Dallas Cowboys. Now, this is a very big game for both teams. For the Dallas Cowboys, they're still jockeying to win the NFC East. It's a neck-and-neck battle right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then on the other side, the Detroit Lions... They are 11-4, and and with that win this past Sunday versus the Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions have clinched the division for the first time since 1993 and the first time ever since the divisions realigned after the Houston Texans were brought into the National Football League. That was back in 2002. So the Detroit Lions won their first ever NFC North Division Championship on Sunday, and it's their first division championship since dating back to 1993 when it was the NFC Central. So the Detroit Lions, they're feeling some type of way right now. They are 11-4, and and they are in Dallas on Saturday to take on the Cowboys at 10-5. and And this is a big game for the Lions as well. They have the division all wrapped up, but the Lions still playing for that first-round bye because, believe it or not, they could still technically get that first-round bye in the NFC playoff picture. It's them. It's the San Francisco 49ers at 11-4. and The Niners, they have a couple games remaining with the... First is coming up on Sunday versus Washington. And then the Niners wrap up the season at home versus the L.A. Rams. But the point I'm making is, when you look at the standings right now, the Eagles are 11-4, and the Lions are 11-4, and and the San Francisco 49ers are 11-4. and And those Dallas Cowboys, they can still catch the Eagles. So there's a lot to be determined here in the NFC, and it's all coming down right to the wire. And that's just talking about the division leaders. When you look at the wild card race in the NFC, you have a bundle of teams at 7-8 and eight right now. So more than likely, it's going to come down to head-to-head tiebreakers, maybe three-way tiebreakers for that seventh and final spot in the NFC playoffs. Even maybe the sixth seed, depending on if the Rams keep winning or not. So it's going to be a fun weekend in the National Football League. That's for sure. The Green Bay Packers take on the Minnesota Vikings on New Year's Eve. And it was announced just today that Nick Mullins will not be starting for the Minnesota Vikings on New Year's Eve. Nick Mullins, he came in relief a few weeks ago and kind of gave the Vikings a boost against the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas when the game was, I think it was no score at the time. And Nick Mullins came off the bench for the Vikings, led his team down the field, ended up getting a field goal, and the Vikings ended up winning that game. I actually think 3 to nothing was the final. So Nick Mullins will not be getting a start this week. Jaron Hall will be getting a start for the Minnesota Vikings, and that's the Sunday nighter this week. There was talk that maybe that game was going to get flexed out of that spot, but since the playoff implications are big, Riding on this game with the Packers and the Vikings, they kept that game in its regular time slot, New Year's Eve. All right, we are going to hit the break. We have a lot coming this hour inside the sports cage. We are going to hear from Yuen Huey, who was between the pipes today for Team Switzerland in that loss to Team USA at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Also coming up later this hour... We are going to hear from Mark Mueller, Riders OC. But coming up next, Michael Ball caught up recently with the play-by-play voice of the San Diego Padres. Jesse Agler is on the other side of the break. You are listening to The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now. 
for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Oh my goodness. What a play by Lucas Reichel to create that three-on-one in Mobilia. I don't think he was expecting it to come back to him. Bedard now. Main Street. He scores! It's over! In overtime. That was an obvious one. You probably knew that one was coming for today's Sports Cage Clutch Performer. Connor Bedard scored his 15th goal of the season last night in overtime at home versus the Winnipeg Jets as the Chicago Blackhawks picked up the big win. Chicago's... Uh, well, they're not doing the greatest in the standings right now for obvious reasons. They don't have much working around Connor Bedard, but anytime you can pick up a win, it's a good thing. That was their 11th win of the season last night for the Chicago Blackhawks. Connor Bedard is your sports cage clutch performer today for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781 1077. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, it's episode two of our Best of the Sports Cage 2023 edition. And as I said yesterday, we could technically, you know, revisit all 12 months of 2023, but... Really focusing in on keeping it more recent here within the last couple of months or so. So recently, the voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, caught up with the voice of Major League Baseball's San Diego Padres, Jesse Agler. Let's revisit that conversation here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Cage and our friend CAA Travel coming to you from Deerfield Beach, Florida. Michael Ball here, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, tell all of your friends and thanks for making us part of your day. You can catch us on the regular airwave, 6.20 a.m. or anywhere on your CKRM app worldwide. we got our folks here listening poolside, drinking their rum punch. But I'm busy eating some nachos and cheese and uh, having water, so got to be uh, sober when you're talking to the likes of Jesse Agler, the voice of the San Diego Padres. Thanks for joining me, Jesse. By the way, how was your wife's birthday celebration? I won't tell her age, but how was her celebration? We, we had a good time, and uh, kind of funny, you're in my old neck of the woods. I grew up probably about 15 minutes from where you are right now. Awesome, man. Yeah, this is a great place. My Not my first time to Miami. I was here briefly about seven years ago on the night of the Orange Bowl, but uh, I'm here now. We went to a Florida Panthers game. We got another Florida Panthers game, and then Monday Night Football. Do you got any tips for us around this area what we should check out? Oh, man. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure you're somewhere near the water in Deerfield, which is great. Uh, you go up to Delray Beach, the main drag there on Atlantic Avenue is uh, definitely a happening spot. Uh, that's, uh, I spent many a night there. Uh, in my more formative years, and there's uh, there's a lot of good things to eat and drink on Atlantic Avenue in Delray Beach. So you check that out. You're probably like 20 minutes from there right now. I'll tell you something, Jesse. You're you're living quite the life. You you grew up here, and you're living in America's finest city, San Diego. So life could be worse for you, buddy. 
Yeah, no, I don't. I don't do the cold. Yeah, that's that's what I tell everybody. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I somehow left South Florida and found an upgrade. Uh, and this is probably the only place in the country where it would be considered an upgrade. But uh, yeah, I've I've had some real weather luck when it comes to my career. This is the outstanding radio voice of the and sometimes TV voice of the San Diego Padres, Jesse Agler. I'm a Padres fan, so I was uh, I was sad that didn't know him personally, but I uh, knew of him. Uh, Peter Seidler passing away. And I think when we look back at the tea leaves here, the Padres owner seems like he was really going for it, trying to buy up all the guys he could to win a championship before, unfortunately, his health would uh, take him. And I think he maybe probably knew something we all didn't know. I know he'd been battling health issues over the last number of years, but, I mean, uh, it, it didn't work out, but uh, he was definitely a great owner, a big loss for San Diego. No, a huge loss, and not just for the Padres, but this community. I mean, the way he poured his own resources and the the team's resources into this community, you know, that's the kind of stuff that obviously doesn't get as noticed as signing a big free agent contract or something like that. Um, but, you know, in particular, uh, with the issue of homelessness here in San Diego, uh, he was not only writing checks. I mean, he was literally walking the streets, you know, trying to understand that situation as best he could. Uh, I mean, really like hand-to-hand, uh, arm-to-arm sort of, uh, you know, experience there to try and figure that piece out, hosting meetings with civic leaders and other business leaders in this community. And, and like I said, that's before you even get to any of the baseball stuff. And you know, I think the more I've thought about it and the more I've talked about it recently, um, you know, I, I would say that if you got a bunch of sports fans together in a room and you said, all right, we're going to give you two hours and we want you to sort of concoct the perfect owner for your favorite team, they'd probably come up with somebody an awful lot like Peter Seidler. Um, so it's a it's a massive, massive loss, as I said, uh, for the Padres, but really also for the entire community here, um, you know, well, well beyond the city borders of San Diego, this entire region. Jesse, I've been a fan since 1984 when I remember getting turned on by Tony Gwynn. So I've seen, uh, you know, cutting payrolls and fire sales. Was yesterday's trade the start of a fire sale for this team, Soto going to the Yankees? I don't think so. I mean, they're, they're still going to end up with what I would imagine will be a top 10 payroll in all of baseball this year. And as you just alluded to, that is not the norm uh, when it comes to the history of this franchise. Uh, You know, they were the third highest payroll in all of baseball this year. The Yankees and Mets were, uh, I think, two and one. Um, None of those three teams making the playoffs. And so, you know, when you kind of end up in a situation like that, I, I think, you know, kind of not retreating, but reorganizing financially is something that makes an awful lot of sense. You know, the Mets really began their teardown at the trade deadline last year. Um, and it looks like they're going to take what looks like a year, two, maybe three of a step back, um, you know, to kind of uh, reset everything. The Padres are still in go for it mode. Um, you know, are they as uh, as dangerous of a lineup today as they were yesterday before that trade of Juan Soto to the Yankees? Obviously not. He's arguably the best hitter in all of baseball. Um, but they had some desperate needs when it came to pitching. Uh, they addressed a, a big chunk of that with this trade. And they're not done. You know, they're going to continue to look to add, I would imagine, both via other trades and also free agency. Um, are they going to carry a Yankee-Met type payroll going into this coming season? I don't think so. Does that mean that they can't be competitive? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, they're still going to be, um, you know, a team that, that has World Series aspirations. Jesse, uh, whenever you trade a, uh, a mega superstar like Juan Soto and, you know, still like, what is he, 25 years old, 24, 25, you, you never win a trade like that, at least initially. You never win a trade. But did they get back a pretty good haul, do you think? I mean, we'll see. You know, I, I, don't, I don't love to, to jump out and, and, and sort of uh, review or prognosticate guys who have barely, you know, scratched the surface of the big leagues. Michael King is sort of the biggest name that came back, uh, starting pitcher, 
Uh, you know, he's, he's hopefully, I would imagine, you know, a mid to upper mid, uh, you know, starter in the rotation for the Padres. Look, they're, they're, they're going to score runs even without Juan Soto. You know, I mean, if, if the other guys do what the other guys are supposed to do in this lineup, you know, they're going to be able to score some runs. Uh, they needed to fill out their pitching staff. That's what they did. Some of the other guys who have more limited big league experience, it's really hard to say. Um, but this did give them some financial flexibility to address needs in free agency. Uh, this did, as we said, kind of get them this group of guys back. I, I think it's the, the biggest trade they've made in terms of number of players received at any point in the last decade. So, you know, look, part of the deal when you're going for guys that are unproven at the major league level is more generally better, right? Because you're just playing a numbers game and you get an opportunity to throw a bunch against the wall, kind of see, see what sticks. So I, I think you got a little bit of that going on as well with some of these lesser proven guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they needed pitching. They got pitching. They needed financial flexibility. They got it. As you said, you're giving up an awful lot, though. He's, he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory, Juan Soto. And um, so it's one of those I know the Yankees are very excited about, and they should be. You know, excited is maybe not the word for the Padres because you are giving up somebody that's a generational talent, but you are, require, you are receiving an awful lot of what you require right now. Jesse Aguilar, the voice of the San Diego Padres, joining us here. Uh, tell us about the uh, the manager. Uh, he gets a, a much-deserved second uh, crack at it after being ousted in uh, in St. Louis. Yeah, Mike Schilt, you know, and, and when he was let go by the Cardinals, you know, two years ago, it was one of the big surprises around all of baseball that winter. I don't think anybody uh, was anticipating that. He had been a manager of the year there. He had great success there. He had been in their organization uh, for an awful long time. And uh, so two years ago, he came to the Padres and he's had this sort of, you know, kind of floating role the last couple of years. Um, You know, he was kind of a a do whatever you need to do coach on the major league staff. He also worked with some of their top prospects. He's got a real sort of passion for player development and working with young guys. He spent so much of his career doing that. Um, And uh, he's been around. And I think, you know, that's that's a big part of what makes him a very attractive candidate to me is that, you know, if you would have brought somebody in from the outside of the organization, they would have had to sort of, you know, learn from scratch everything that's going on here. And is that impossible? Of course not. It happens all the time in sports. But, you know, for a team that is in win-now mode, I really do like the fact that he's stepping in, totally understanding, you know, the situation. He, he gets the dynamic of the clubhouse. He gets the dynamic of the front office. And that should allow him to really hit the ground running, not have to make those kinds of adjustments, and, and just kind of focus on trying to win baseball games, which is what everybody here is hungry for. 433 with the sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781 2090. Four games in the NHL tonight. Montreal's in Carolina. Vancouver hosts Philadelphia. Vegas is at home to the LA Kings. And the nightcap, 9.30 p.m. puck drop tonight. The Edmonton Oilers in the Shark Tank meeting the San Jose Shark. The Sports Cage is your voice for football. Not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Yeah, the news is coming in a little slower right now in the Canadian Football League as is expected. I mean, the Grey Cup's in the rearview mirror. CFL free agency is upon us here in February so we are kind of 
in the in-between stages. Do have a little bit of a nugget for you here today, though. The Calgary Stampeders, they have signed American defensive back Rodney Randall Jr. Now, he is a five foot ten, 170-pound cover man, and he was with the New England Patriots this year, and he was released as part of the final cuts in training camp, if you want to go back to late August, beginning of September. And he dressed for all three of the team's preseason games with the New England Patriots, and he made 13 tackles. He had a pass knockdown, and uh, he's from Texas, and he split the 2022 season with the Montreal Alouettes and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's played in 23 career CFO games, and he has 58 tackles uh, to go along with 11 special teams tackles. He has four picks, seven pass knockdowns, so looks like a pretty good player on paper. Nice little resume behind them. Rodney Randall Jr., brand-new member, defensive back for the Calgary Stampeders. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. And hey, speaking of those Calgary Stampeders, one man who has been on that coaching staff for quite some time, Regina's own Mark Mueller. And Regina's own Mark Mueller is now no longer in Calgary because he has found his way back home here in Regina, Saskatchewan with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Riders' brand new offensive coordinator for the 2024 season and Michael Ball, the voice of the Riders, recently caught up with Mark Mueller himself. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, excited to be here and talk to you. You're in sunny Florida. It sounds like a good time. Yeah, it's going to be. Well, it's not so sunny right now, Mark. It's kind of overcast, but I mean, I know the smallest violin in the world is playing for me, so I'm not going to get any uh, sympathy. <laughs> hey, um, how does that how does that make you feel when when you know it kind of comes full circle for you here? You're 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 back where your grandfather was a legend. I know he would want you to, and I know you want to make a name for yourself. But hey, all things being equal, it's great to keep the family tradition alive. The family business, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's it's really cool. It's uh, when I hear it, I, I get very excited and uh, very thankful for a whole bunch of uh, you know good people that uh, put their faith in me, and, and uh, you know I'm just excited to be here and excited to uh, to get to work. So, Mark, Mark, um, it was my understanding, and I'm not talking to you, but in other circles, that you had a chance, a very good chance, to be the OC last year. Decided to go back to Calgary. What what made you not? You know, what made it not so enticing last time around and more enticing this time around? I know there's always just different scenarios and in different uh, situations. And, you know, I, you know, this one, the, there's so many positives to it. Uh, you know, it's a great situation from, you know, all the people that are involved, you know, whether it's, you know, it, it's Craig and Jeremy and, and obviously Corey there. Uh, you know, Corey's a good friend of mine and I, you know, enjoyed work, working with him in Calgary and, you know, just different timing in, in life as well. So, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I got the chance to, you know, to continue to grow in Calgary and I'm very grateful for that opportunity with some really good people, whether it be Huff or, or Dave or, uh, you know, Rich Dubler or, you know, anyone else there. So, uh, I'm just really looking forward to, uh, this opportunity this year and, and to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, hopefully win a lot of football games here in Green. Mark, what did you learn from uh, Dave Dickinson, uh, John Huffnagel, and you know you worked with a legend in Bowley by Mitchell. What did you learn from guys like that? I mean, it's, you'd have to go out of your way not to learn anything. You know, I think that the fact that I could you know look at coverages and, and ask them their opinions on coverages, you know, certain concepts, and 
you know, you can watch film and, and you can see what guys run conceptually, but if you uh, don't understand why, then it doesn't really work. And I was able to, to, you know, sit in those meetings for the past 10 years, hear them explain it, hear explain why they liked it, hear explain why you run a certain motion or a certain play at a certain time. And, you know, I think just being in those conversations and then, then slowly uh, being more and more involved and then slowly being, uh, you know, enabled to be more and more involved in the faith to be, you know, uh, you know, now with then a lead voice by the end. So I, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, think of guys to learn from in the history of the CFL. Those guys are right up there at the top of the list. We've talked about this before, but it's worth reiterating now that you're the uh, offensive coordinator for the Saskatchewan Roughriders. By the way, that sounds good to me, too. Uh, you, you were uh, on the defensive side, DB's coach, you were running back's uh, coach, and now you're you're on the quarterback side in the quarterback room now, OC. How much do you think all of those uh, different areas, different jobs helped you uh, in this new role here as you, you embark on uh, doing something different now? Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that uh, one of the best things that possibly ever happened to me was being able to coach defense for a year, especially with the guy that I knew and uh, grew up around in Rich Stubler and a guy who's different and what was different and kind of always evolving with defenses. And uh, I know I, I always was very thankful to Stube for that. And I, I know I kind of said that I wouldn't have survived, you know, a year or two on offense if I didn't have that ground, you know, that real, that year on defense. And like I kind of reiterated earlier, you know, you, you need to know the why. Why are teams running this? What are they trying to get away? You know, certain leverages and things like that. And, uh, you know, very grateful for Stube to give me a you know completely different look and aspect or outlook on, on on football, and then you know running back coach. I think is that you know it's like linebacker coach. I, know I was the defensive assistant for Stubes there, but I got to do linebackers. And the point was, I as a linebacker coach, you have to know the back end, the coverages, and and the and the front end. And I got to learn all tw- what all twelve were doing, which was awesome. And then when I was moved to running back, it was very similar thinking as a as a training or learning position as as a running back coach. Sure, you know the run game and the protections, but you have to understand the the, the scheme and the, and the concepts of the passes around. And you now I'm just very, very grateful and thankful for to be put in that position and in two really, you know, successful schemes and in a very successful place. And you know, I hope that uh, you know I can always draw back and you know look back at those notes or look back at those memories and and you know continue to you know look back on those and use those moving forward. What did you learn about this challenging year? Uh, uh, you know, you, you took on a few more added duties. Uh, you know, that was part of the deal with staying in Calgary. But what did you? It, was, it wasn't a great year on the field in terms of the record. What did you learn about yourself as a coach this year? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a great learning experience. Every year is a learning experience. I think you know, if you finish a season and uh, whether no matter what happens, whether you go twelve and six or six and twelve or when you know win the Grey Cup or you know go to the playoffs and lose whatever it is, if you if you haven't got better, then you wasted the year. And, uh, you know, I feel as if, uh, you know, there's certain things that, you know, I get, can get to focus on now as a coordinator and hopefully I can you know, stay focused on those. And I, I really appreciate that, you know, no matter how many times you try to practice calling plays, uh, in your basement or go through scenarios, there's nothing like doing it and you got to do it live and you have to understand, you know, like maybe this makes sense, but you know, it, it doesn't work. So this isn't working now. They've taken that away. We got to adjust and, uh, Nothing. There's nothing like it's just like playing. You know, if you're gonna, the only way to get better is by doing it, and then by playing. And I think that play calling is the same way. And I'm very grateful that uh, you know that Dave and those guys gave me that opportunity to do that. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, just continue to grow and continue to build on that. Will you be upstairs or on the sidelines? No, we haven't hassled that stuff up. I'm comfortable uh, more so upstairs. That's where I've been. 
but you know, I think it, you know, see how the rest of the staff shakes out, and see how you know the rest of the team shakes out, and you know, talk to Corey about that. You know, I think uh, you know I, I'd, be, I'd be comfortable either place, but uh, you know, I'm the most comfortable currently uh, upstairs just because that's where I've been. So you're a young guy, uh, and uh, it's great to have new blood doing new jobs, and it's awesome. But how much is it going to be a help that you have a veteran? Uh, quarterback like Trevor Harris to work with. I know you had uh, Bo Levi Mitchell in his peak, but what's it like here? You think it's going to be like working with Trevor Harris, and how beneficial will that be for you? I think like it's a, you know, somebody that you get to watch on film all the time, and you know, you know, professionally admired from afar, and you know, I'm looking forward to getting to know him and his family, and and then get to work with him on a day to day basis. I think. You know, the quarterback room and the, and the the play caller and the coordinator should always be on the same page, and that should be, you know, everyone should be on the same page, but it's definitely got to be the guy that, you know, that is throwing the ball and catching the ball every single play uh, from the center. So I'm really looking forward to drawing his knowledge. You know, he's been, been successful and then played some really great football in this league, and, uh, you know, he's done it in, in multiple different cities under multiple different uh you know, different schemes as well. So, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to stay in the same place for 10 years and then you kind of have the, se- the same scheme that's slowly, that you know, that he's evolved each season. So it'll be nice to hear some, you know, you know different thoughts and things like that and how we can kind of put them together and, you know, ultimately put us in the best position to, to win football games. I'm just snickering here. Last last question or comment. You you talked about it being cool. <laughs> Not too many guys get to walk to work every day past their grandfather's statue. That'll be cool in itself. Yeah, I think it's 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 really neat. And you know, the 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 best part for me is I get to you know my children will will live here now, and uh, they'll get to see the statue all the time too. And you know, it's a pretty cool way to to your family or you know or to get a reminder of, of how where your family came from whether it's you know him playing here or a memory of him playing here or a memory of him coaching or you know a, a memory of you know where we came from as uh, in Clarton Pennsylvania so I think it's it's pretty neat to to be able to you know teach my children you know how we got here and how we got back yeah except you got to be around Larry more now how's that going to be yeah, I mean, he, he came to the press conference today, and then he just hung around for like two more hours. And I finally had to tell him, "He like, you got to leave. You got to get out of here." You know, I mean, <laughs> we can't have it be the first day that you you stay really long. But uh, no, it's. I mean, I couldn't be. You know, I'm really excited to be around my family and and my in laws. You know, I think uh, our children, my my children, with you know my wife Janae, she's from here as well. Are uh, to be around family is really special. And uh, being away these last ten years and these last you know uh, six or seven, both my wife and I being. Uh, being away is uh, I think it'll make it even this this day even special more special Mark it's great having you back man I can't wait to see what you can uh, cook up there from upstairs and on the field thanks for your time man hey thanks Ballsy enjoy down south that's one thing I cannot wait for is Mark Mueller's sense of humor I mean he is a, obviously a serious individual but uh, he has this sense of humor side of him that is uh, just amazing cannot wait to let that flourish here in Ryderville for the next number of years yeah that's Michael Ball chatting with the new offensive coordinator for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders Mark Mueller that conversation happened earlier on in December Michael was down in Miami while he was uh, chatting with Mark Mueller on the Western Pizza Hotline. This is Best of the Sports Cage, Episode 2. We have one more Best of Show tomorrow after Barney and myself take you from uh, the 3 o'clock hour to the 4 o'clock hour tomorrow from 3 to 4. Barney and I will be on here live to give you all the latest from the World Junior Hockey Championship, from the Spangler Cup, from the Circle K in Calgary, from the NHL, you name it. But uh, we still have a lot more to come. In this show, 
on this Thursday. And before we go to break, yeah, we just heard from, you know, the best of the best here in Ryderville. But down the Trans-Canada Highway, if you go a little bit east of here, you'll find a team in blue and gold. I think they're called the Bombers. The Blue uh, Blue Bombers. The Blue Bombers. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a team about five and a half, six hour drive away from here. But uh, with all due respect and all seriousness, they've had some great players over the years. Guys that come to mind right away like Charles Roberts, Gahari Jones, Matt Dunnigan, Milt Stiegel, you name it. And another guy that comes to mind won three Grey Cup championships with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And all of them came, well, two of them came in the 80s. One came in 1990. I'm talking about number 21, James Murphy. And earlier on, before the Grey Cup this year, Michael Ball caught up with James Murphy. And we are going to go back in time and relive that conversation. First memory as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber, or one you you, you kind of go back to in your mind. Is there one? Well, uh, well if, if uh, memory was certainly for me would be uh, 1984 uh, Western Final in the BC Place. And uh, we, uh, I made a catch at the end of the game that, that make us, that had us uh, to go up uh, and win, eventually win the game, uh, score the winning touchdown to win the game, to go to the Great Cup for the first time in 22 years was uh, probably a, a moment in my, my football career that I probably etched into my mind because when you think about, and I know you guys know this feeling, not having a and in the Great Cup for for a while, these folks was was, was hungry. So it was the same feeling. I know that feeling, and, and and to be able to make that catch that day in in uh, in, in a newly uh, BC place was probably a moment that's etched in my mind for uh, eternity. Yeah, I was twelve then, and that's a hate. That was a heyday, man. Oh. Of, this, of the C- <laughs> CFL, you, the 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 joints were sold out. You only got one game a yeah. week up here for the NFL on TV, so we weren't as exposed yeah. to that. So uh, that's all we knew. And I sometimes miss those days. You won a championship in '84, '88, and '90. You were in a in a beautiful stretch of football there for Winnipeg. They're back there again. What does it take to be a consistent winner, in your opinion? Well, I, I think what it really takes is everybody being able to buy in. You know, everybody on the same page. From uh, and and uh, and that takes a lot of commitment. And if you don't have, if you don't have all will turning one heartbeat out of all of those guys, it's going to be a struggle. And and uh, and that's what we had uh, over the years that I played was everybody bought into the program from the top to the bottom, meaning the coaches, the front office, the players, the equipment managers, everybody. And, and and then when you throw the fans in there as well, and you guys in Saskatchewan probably got the best fans in the CFL, and I probably shouldn't say that too loud because we got some really good ones here at Winnipeg as well. <laughs> but when you mix that all together, when you're able to get that, it's real special, Michael. It, 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 and, and it's kind of hard to describe, but once you got that feeling, and we had it with guys like James West, Tyrone Jones, Chris Walby, uh, Clemens and Huffnagel and, and Reeves and Boyd, Poplowski House. When you got a group of guys like that playing for one common goal, 
uh, you know, everybody buys in and, 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 and we become bonded as brothers. And you probably, being a competitor that you are, James, you want to do better than your teammates. And then by that, by extension, your team does well because you mentioned Boyd, Poplowski, you know, the Rick Houses of the world, the Willard Reeves. <laughs> you know, if Jeff Boyd goes for 7 and 150, well, J- James Murphy's like, yeah, uh, that's good. That's good. Good job, Jeff. But then you're over here going like, I got to get me 200. And that was exactly, exactly our attitude. Jeff used to always come over to me and say, you always got to do one up on me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and back then, I didn't really, I was just, you know, I was having fun and trying to do my thing. Yeah. But he did use that, and that's a great analogy. That's a great point that you made. And that really was uh, the way it was for us, that we would always find to outdo each other. And in a, in a fun way, and not, not a jealous way, because we knew if we outdid one another, that's going to probably, uh, you know, uh, be, a, be a, a win for us. And, and uh, we handled it with grace. We handled it with, uh, like, a brotherhood. And I think that was important when I, when I was talking about putting that together, that competitive spirit together for one common goal. I think that's how you develop championships. 1986, I think you had 116 catches for like 1,700 yards, and you were named the most outstanding player in the league. But in 1988, you were were named the most uh, valuable offensive player of the Grey Cup, 22-21 over BC. What's... What, what are you more proud of, that or, or the 86 season? I, I, I think 86 season, because 86 season is when I had to come in. I had to make a statement. I wanted to make a statement that uh, I was going to be the best football player, the most outstanding player in the, in the, in the Canadian Football League. And I made that, that pact to myself in the off season and after 1985 season. And I put the work in. I worked I religiously. It became a regiment for me in the off season. And, and, and when it was starting to happen, it was things was ro- rolling for me in 86. I was thinking like, man, I got to keep this up. I mean, I was in a good place mentally, physically. Uh, I was just in a good place. And, and, and I think it paid off. The hard work that I put, up, uh, I put in paid off. So I, although 86, that was real special because because uh, the guys uh, rather at the end to be able to win that championship, and that's why I played the game. I played. I didn't play for you know uh, catches and, mm-hmm. and yards. I played for winning championships, and and uh, to, so so nineteen eighty eight. You know when we was eight and eight or nine and nine, and, and we're still able to still a great cup with. Uh, Man, that's a, that's a special feeling in itself as well. James Murphy helped build this great league that we're still enjoying. Even though he played for the enemy, uh, we have to <laughs> tip our hat to what he did. Thank you very much for your time, James. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, he did play for the enemy, and I think that's about enough airtime for the enemy at this point in time. It's 4.53 inside the sports cage here on this Thursday. We are going to take a break here on the other side. We still have one more segment to go before we break for the 5 o'clock news as we get set for another full hour loaded full of sports talk. But coming up on the other side of this break, we are going to take a break, and then on the other side, we will hear from... Goalie of your Regina Pats. I'm just trying to think here how many saves he made today for Team Switzerland. We'll calculate that and have him on on the other side of the break. But Ewan Hawaii was in goal for Switzerland today at the World Junior Hockey Championship and that big loss versus the United States of America. Earlier on, though, in the year, a few short weeks ago, Michael Ball caught up with the Regina Pats goaltender, Ewan Hawaii, and that conversation is coming up on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM. 
follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, it's 4.54 inside the Sports Cage. Sean Kleisinger sitting here, corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina, walking. Oh, I'm not walking. I'm looking at people walking around. Hey, I want to give a big shout-out right now. Listening in Allen, Saskatchewan, home of the Allen Flames. My high school friend, Ron Paradine. He's listening right now. He's getting all set for his day at work. What's up, Ron? Thanks for tuning in today on this fine Thursday. Ron Paradine, one of our Sports Cage shareholders here on this Thursday afternoon. All right, here's that conversation Michael Ball had with Regina Pats goaltender Ewan Hawaii on the Western Pizza Hotline. Welcome to the show, Ewan. How are you, bud? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yo, thank you for being on the show. So a guy from uh, Switzerland, how are you finding your time in Regina so far, my friend? Oh, it's it's been it's been great, uh, to be honest. The team's great. Um, um, yeah, just great guys, great time, and a uh, really nice city. Yeah, so uh, is it uh, you know is it bigger or smaller than what you're used to? What do you what do you, what in particular do you like about our city? Oh, uh, I think it's it's a it's really friendly. A lot of uh, you know, um, it's like it's big enough to find uh, to find what we need, but it's small enough to uh, know a lot of people and uh, have a have a good fan base. So, no, it's great. Yeah, and uh, and uh, how have you found your time with the Regina Pats, and in particular the you know the changeover to play in Netminder in a different rink? You know what I mean, different rink size and that type of thing. How's that adjustment gone, you and? Oh, um, uh, it's gone fine. Um, a lot of work with my goalie coach, and uh, no, I think I'm I'm pretty happy with the way I could. Uh, I found my my footing here in North America, so yeah, no, it's it's been good. How did, how did you end up coming to Regina? How did you find your way here? Oh, um, it's uh, through the uh, import draft here, the um, CHL holds, and uh, I was lucky enough that Regina selected me and. No, pretty much yeah. it. <laughs> what, what's the strength of your game, you and how, what do you think your your best attributes are as a goaltender? I guess um, I'm not a big guy, but um, I think athleticism helps me a lot. Um, obviously, being six foot and uh, not a tall goalie, I need to need to be really athletic, and uh, no, I think that's that's my. It's my strongest part in my game. Your dad, Cristobal, is a former NHL goalie, Stanley Cup champ. What what has he helped you with? You know, how's how's it, it's going to help to have a dad that's played goalie at the highest level? I mean, it's I'm really lucky and and, and grateful. You know, it's also just being around him and how he, um, you know, how he just outside the rink, how you handle all the stuff being with your family and. And all that, and also I, I was lucky enough to be, uh, to be coached by him a year, and uh, no, it's just it was just a lot of fun, and uh, he's, um, you know, always uh, good counsel, I guess. Yeah, I know for sure. Hey, you and Huey, what what's the best piece of advice though your dad's given you? Maybe in life, maybe in hockey. Can you pinpoint one or two of those things for me? Um, yeah, sure. You know, I think as far as hockey goes, it's always having fun. Um, you know, uh, just enjoy it because you never know when your when your career is ending. And uh, yeah, I know. I guess having fun is the most important part of it. 
Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. Hello, 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 hello. 5.08 p.m. Thursday. Inside the Sports Cage, big thank you goes out to Frost at Real, big sponsors of Thursday's show. Frost at Real is back for 2024 from January 26th to February 4th. You can join us for the citywide winter celebration. We're going to celebrate. For complete event listings or tickets, you can visit us at realdistrict.ca. Yes, Zinger here filling in for Michael Ball. This is episode two of our Best of the Sports Cage Yesterday was episode one, today's episode two, and tomorrow, wrapping up the week, episode three from 4 to 6 p.m., and then from 3 to 4 tomorrow, Barney and myself will give you all the latest from the World Junior Hockey Championship, from the Spangler Cup, from the WHL, from the Circle K, under-18 AAA tournament in Calgary, you name it, all the hockey talk that you need tomorrow from 3 to 4 o'clock here on 620 CKRM. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. All right, it's 510. Let's talk about that Spangler Cup. Team Canada, they dropped a heartbreaker today. They were up 3-1 to over HC Davos going into the third period this afternoon. And Canada just absolutely laid an egg in the third. They gave up not one, not two, but three consecutive goals. Davos defeats Canada and therefore wins the division, wins the group and therefore Davos gets that first round by in the next round of the playoffs so the route to the final for Team Canada has gotten that much more difficult they have to win another game to advance through the tournament World Junior Hockey Championship today Team USA throttled Switzerland 11-3. The only cool thing about that hockey game was that Ewan Hoey, Regina Pat's goaltender, was in between the pipes for Team Switzerland. Now, it wasn't cool that he got peppered for like six or seven goals. I'm not saying that part was cool. What was cool was just seeing Ewan Hoey on the big screen, you know, seeing him on the biggest stage. World Junior Hockey Championship, so very proud of you and Hawaii. One of our own here, one of our own Regina Pat players. And the only reason why he got peppered with goals, it's not because of him, it's because he doesn't have much to work with in front of him. Let's be honest here. Other games today, let's take a look. Sweden, 5 to nothing win over Team Germany. And I guess that's the only two games in the World Juniors today. It's a big game. Big day of games tomorrow. Canada taking on Sweden. That's a battle of undefeateds. Uh, we have Czechia taking on the United States. Latvia, Finland, Norway taking on Slovakia. All those games happening tomorrow. Team Canada. If they can beat Sweden, oof, that's going to set up pretty going into the quarterfinals. Right now, Canada has already technically advanced to the quarterfinals. Because let's be honest, I mean, four out of the five teams from each group advance. Only two teams out of the ten teams in the tournament don't advance, which is kind of troublesome in my mind. Barney and I talked about it in hour one of the show today. If you missed any of 
the program today. You can always go back and find it on demand wherever you find your podcasts. I just find it quite odd how you play all these games and really it doesn't mean anything. It just comes down to goals for and against. That's what these first three games are basically all about. But that's the World Junior Hockey Championship. Canada, Sweden tomorrow. That's going to be an exciting one. Also tomorrow, the Regina Pats back in action. They fell yesterday in Brandon in overtime. Pats and Moose Jaw tomorrow night. See if they can get a win against those hated Moose Jaw Warriors. Last couple of games here for the Pats, they picked up a single point in overtime. They've been stringing together overtime losses over the past about three, four games, which is better, of course, than not getting any points at all. As it sits right now, the Pats just on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. So Pats, Warriors tomorrow. Pats finally back at home on Saturday at the Brandt Center. Pats haven't played a home game since December 9th when the Kelowna Rockets, speaking of winning overtime games, the Rockets took down the Pats in OT that night. So the Pats taking on the Brandon Wheat Kings Saturday night under the orange top. And tomorrow on the cage, right around about... I want to say 325-ish, 330-ish. Barney and myself will be giving away a pair of tickets to that big game coming up Saturday night at the Brand Center. And today on the cage, we gave away a pair of tickets to the Saskatchewan Rush game. They have a New Year's Eve bash in store Saturday at Sastel Center as Saskatchewan welcomes in the Albany Firewolves. It's a 7 p.m. start time. Saskatchewan Rush. If you've never been to a game before, highly recommend it. It's a great venue to buy a couple beverages, maybe a hot dog or two. Just make sure you get home safely if that is your choice on New Year's Eve. National Football League tonight. It's a brand new week in the NFL. It's Trevor Simeon in the 6 and 9. New York Jets in the dog pound. Taking on the 10-5 Cleveland Browns tonight. Jets, Browns, Thursday night football. Who would have thunk it that Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns would be rolling like this? 10-5 right now. The 10-5 Cleveland Browns. And I believe they have about a 99.9% chance of making the playoffs. Hmm. Joe Flacco, did you know that he was literally sitting on his backside on his couch about over a month ago, whatever it was, eating potato chips, watching NFL football on NFL Sunday ticket before the Cleveland Browns gave him a call? I'm serious. He was literally waking up on Sunday morning, laying there watching NFL football. Just in his undies, probably. Eating ketchup chips, wiping his hands off on his tidy whities watching football. And then the next week, he gets a call by the Browns. Oh, let me roll out of bed here. Oh, grabs a helmet, straps it on, goes out there, starts slinging touchdowns on an NFL gridiron. You kidding me? Joe Flacco? He's playing like he did back in 2012 when the Ravens won the Super Bowl against Colin Kaepernick and the San Francisco 49ers. I was happy that the Ravens won that game. That is what you need to know. Oh, I guess I should say this as well. There's four games in the NHL tonight. 
talking so much hockey, I'm losing track. Maybe we should talk about the NHL since that's the biggest league in the world, right? Well, here we go. Montreal's in Carolina tonight. Philadelphia's in Vancouver. Sin City, USA. Vegas Golden Knights at home to the LA Kings and the Hamilton Oilers. Taking on the San Jose Sharks in the Shark Tank. That's a 9.30 p.m. puck drop tonight, Saskatchewan time. All right, we're going to hit the break. We have a lot more to come here. It's best of the sports cage. And coming up next, we are going to relive a conversation that Michael Ball had with the play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. That conversation is up next. You are listening to the sports cage. Brought to you by Frost at Real today on this Thursday on the voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Brent Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. And we're joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by the outstanding voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. You just heard his call from the NFC Championship game, Brett Favre's interception. That's one of your classics, man. Um, when Favre throws that pick and you say what you say, how does that how does that play out? Do you get any bounce back from the team or Brett himself? Because it was a really honest call. Mm, thank you. Um, very nice of you, and good chatting with you. Uh, the now you know in, in, in my second year because uh, the, this is this is my first play by play job at any level. So in my second year, oh three, I mean, unbelievably raw. At the end of the season, we lose to Arizona. Um, I yell, "No, no!" The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Uh, I, you know, the the owner of the team, God rest his soul, Red McCombs, hated that quite honestly, <laughs> and I had to sweat my job for a couple of years, believe it or not. Um, but then in '09, it's it was such a magical season, and still the most memorable season I've ever been part of in, in calling games for the Vikings that, you know, I think in a weird way, God had me just voice what everybody was thinking at that moment. I just happened to have the microphone. So, um, yeah, I got out of it good, man, and here we are. So, uh, Paul Allen, I listen to your show, actually, uh, quite a bit, especially when I'm going uh, to North Dakota to watch my kid play football. So, uh, I really enjoy, I really enjoy your show, but you're, you're like me. You do a talk show and you're the play by play voice of the local professional football team. What challenges Mm -hmm. does that pose for you? Cause that's why I kind of listen to you to see how you cover the team. Cause I do the same thing here in Regina. Yeah, now never gotten that question. I've done a lot of interviews. Well done. Uh, so let me ask you this question: um, How many years have you done that in unison? Uh, well, this is my second year being the play-by-play voice and the talk show host. I've been the uh, pre and post-game show host uh, before that for nineteen years. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but but it's still it's different. And then obviously overly magnified with um, you know the image leader of the NFL for me. Mm-hmm. So with with that said, uh, the the only way to answer your question is to to recognize the context of of you know me having a radio show on a super popular station in a habit state KFAN. Me having a radio show in O2, I do believe played into me getting the play-by-play job, you know, despite never professionally doing play-by-play in my life. I had a tape, but I'd never done a job. So the radio part's important. Now, fast forward to 2023, I've done it that long and, and you know, I, I've, I've towed that line or, or, you know, walked that situation for quite some time and, and you're very new in it. So I remember those days where the answer then is the same answer now. The answer two years into it is the same 22, 23 into it. You gotta be yourself. If it's bad, it's bad. Nobody's trying to get anybody We're gonna say so-and-so should be fired, so-and-so should be cut, so-and-so should be ashamed of himself. No. Whether you're the play-by-play guy or just a, a common-sense human being, it's just not great to talk about people like that. So we're never going to do that. If it's good, we're going to love it. And if it's bad, it's bad. And and that's how it goes with both, both mediums. Mm. Hey, I really respect this about you, too. You're a man of faith. Have you always been that way? And how does that help you in your job? Um, yeah, I've always believed in God, uh, really until five years ago. I didn't uh, understand the significance of Christ and um, and meshing the Holy Spirit with my life now. So I am a Christian. Um, I believe in the Holy Bible. Um, and um, it's it's the, mo- the most important thing in my life, and, and that includes everything in my life. So I appreciate you bringing it up. How does it help me? Um, I mean, it, it, it was my, my job, my life. It just, it just, I have faith. You know, I, I have faith in a way to live and, and a way to share that um, that plays into eternity for, for a lot of people. And that's kind of the motivation to answer that question for play-by-play or just like walking through a grocery store. That That's just the motivation. Dude, you are so epic with some of your calls and some of your actions in the broadcast booth. A lot of people have c- compared me to you in terms of that, in terms of like our the way we get, ex- we get excited and everything like that. And I take that as a high compliment. And I don't mean to make this about me, but here's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think about what you might say beforehand? Like, are you in your car? Are you in the shower? You, you've done your prep. You've gone through the notes. Do you think about, do you do you kind of mock through some of the scenarios in the game in your head? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, what I do is I generally don't write it down, but if I'm feeling a little slow uh, for whatever the case, and that generally would take place with me with night games, mm-hmm. uh, where I just I just cannot get that pop going. Um, you know, specifically if it's like Monday night and I did my non-genuine radio show on KPAN. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're talking complete champagne problems here, okay? I know <laughs> people have tougher jobs than what I'm talking about, but mentally speaking, when you got tens of thousands counting on you, you know, you got to find a certain pop. And um, so, you know, from the standpoint of, uh, of like every single 
game or emotion or human nature situation being the same. That's not the case. So sometimes I will write some things down, but I only write down things that I'm going to say early in the game. Like, you know, for whatever the reason, 22 years ago, I decided to go uh, and um, uh, Greg Joseph walks up to it, blah, 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 and boom, whatever is in the air on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings or radio network. Uh, Well, sometimes those just don't come to me or I forget to think about them. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll write down, boom, beating the Bears into the bye is the bill of fare on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings radio network. Uh, It's a touchback. Um, So I'll write those things down. Uh, but that's about it. Like, you know, when it comes to it, it's the 60-yard Minneapolis miracle or yeah. me maniacally screaming, no, no, or what you said, 2009, you know, this, this I, didn't, I didn't even say the sentence right. I mean, the sentence is supposed to be, uh, this is not a game against Detroit, man. This is for a trip to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I was just so wound up. I was like, this is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Uh, so well- you, you can't write those things down. Oh, no, you can't. That's an all-timer, though. Paul you know Allen. I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Paul Allen joining us here, outstanding voice of the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, so uh, Josh Dobbs, until his last game, has been a real nice story. Uh, talk about him uh, for me, if you can. Yeah, that's uh, that's been a whirlwind. Um, uh, it's it's. I've called a lot of them and uh, seen a lot through it. Uh, but uh, somebody getting here four days ahead of a game and you know running the scout team, uh, the backups, so he's not really getting all the choice plays, and then having to play uh, at Atlanta and winning the game. I mean, it was moving. And then the next week at home against the Saints, same thing, looked great. At Denver, I didn't think it looked terrible. I thought it was fine. And it was awful against the Bears. That's mm-hmm. the only way to put it. Just It, it was indecisive. I mean, it just, it just didn't work, man, with four interceptions. So now, you know, they get the bye. And think about this. I mean, it's a week 13 bye. So with regular and preseason games, that's 15 games. Mm-hmm. And before that, they got training camp. And before that, they got organized team activities. So, I mean, that's a lot of time around each other. So, I think um, I think the whole situation was a little mentally fatigued into that uh, Bears game. Uh, they needed the bye, which they're on now. And uh, with Dobbs, you know, the, the head coach, uh, you know, himself in a press conference, you know, just kind of opened it up when he was like, you know, we're going to evaluate what Josh did. And I don't know if he said keep options open or whatever, but he kind of opened it up that when we come out of it against Vegas, you know, maybe there'll be a different quarterback. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Hey, you're on your bye. I don't want to tie you up too much longer, but give me the top three Vikings since you've been in the broadcast booth. Uh, top three in what terms? Like uh, immortality? No, I don't know. You're, you're top three. Your top three favorite uh, Vikings. The ones that would hit me hardest in my heart, um, not knowing uh, or not having context into your question, given I started in 2002, uh, Randy Moss would be in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Peterson would be in there for sure, mm-hmm. as would Brett Favre. Yeah, those are three great men. Think about those great players, man. Um, those three. Yeah, and I got to ask you because you do do the daily talk show. I hear you talking Minnesota Wild. And so would Antoine Winfield. Oh, Winfield. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, Big man. Best corner in the history of the team. Yeah, they got some great players for sure. Hey, uh, Paul, you talk hockey too in your show. Uh, quickly before we wrap up, we're in a hockey uh, community here in Canada. Uh, what did you think of the Minnesota Wild coaching change? 
How about that? Wow. You know, I guess, see, see, here's the thing, man, and, and this is quasi-embarrassing to say doing a weekday, three-hour uh, all-sports radio show, uh-huh. um, but, you know, during the course of the Viking season, and I like the NBA a lot. I yeah. grew up in Washington, D.C. with the Bullets and mm-hmm. moved to Los Angeles and went to high school and played basketball right when Magic and Bird were, like, becoming a thing. So, I mean, I got bit by basketball. So, following the Wolves here, and, you know, then they got the NFL and stuff like that. So I'd act, I actually been a little too out of touch with the wild, not doing the uh, box in the box radio show mm-hmm. except once. Um, so it probably caught me a little more off guard than it should have simply because I know when you start getting beat by multiple goals and, and, and you start hearing press conferences and, and the coach is starting to become more direct uh, in identifying players and scenarios that it's kind of imploding. And and when it starts to implode, it's the general manager's job to make sure it doesn't so he doesn't get fired for letting it implode. And then the owner has two people to hire. So that, uh, yeah, it's um, it's not super surprising to me now that I look back at it. And uh, hopefully they can get themselves good uh, by the time the Viking season's over so we can have some good talkers. Well, Paul, this won't mean much to you, but I had a, I had a bad day at work in the office and I needed this interview. So I really appreciate uh, you uh, talking to me it, uh, it it made my day thank you very much well yeah i'm gonna cut you off there and say actually with all due respect it does mean a lot to me that that you said that because anybody who's having a bad day and uh verbally is vulnerable enough to enough uh, enough to say they do uh then you're you're a wonderful person in my book so god bless you and uh, i'm always here if you need it thanks man take care Sports ticker at 533 is for Busy Bee Overhead Doors. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors. The garage door specialists. We have a Thursday nighter tonight in the National Football League. The 6-9 and nine New York Jets in the dog pound to meet the Cleveland Browns, who are sitting at 10-5 and five on the season. It's a 7.15 p.m. kickoff, Saskatchewan time. We have four games in the National Hockey League tonight. The Calgary Flames are in action as I pull up these scores. Where are they? Here we go. No, the Calgary, I meant the Edmonton Oilers are in action tonight. How could I get those two teams confused? Oiler and Flame fans right now are just grinning their teeth at me. Edmonton Oilers in San Jose tonight. That's a 9.30 p.m. puck drop Saskatchewan time. The L.A. Kings in Vegas. Philadelphia is in Vancouver. And the Montreal Canadiens looking to get back in the win column. They are in Carolina tonight. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats. 620 CKRM. Plays it over the line for Vallis. Down the right board, centered in front of the net, and it stopped. And the Pats are celebrating. Sam Marumba might have put this puck into the back of the net. And did he? Yes, he did. Sam Marumba gives the Regina Pats a 1-0 lead. 15-50 to go in this first period. The Pats have opened the scoring on the power play. Back to the line. Here's Manti for Brandon. To Jacobson. Top of the left circle. Centering pass in front. Peter all alone. What a save by Pine. Holy smokes. How did he get over? For the weak kick to Flamin. Top of the right circle. Side of the goal. Ryland Roarsman with it for Brandon. Into the high slot. He shoots. He scores. 
Charlie Ellick fires the puck around the boards, held it at the line by Vallis. Makes his way to the high slot, takes a slap pass in front, scores! Samaramba with his second of the night on a great slap pass from the point by Boria Vallis. And it's two power play goals in the game for the Pats. Both from Samaremba. Right side over the Brandon line. Vallis centering pass. How down low, stopped in front. Braxton Whitehead scores! Braxton Whitehead on three chances in front, finally beats Carson Bjarnason. Bridgman up the boards, it's held in, Manti, left circle, shoot, stopped in front, rebound, glove saved by Pine. Dominic Peter has been robbed a couple of times in this hockey game by Kelt Pine. Right side over the Brandon line, takes the puck wide, centering pass in front, nobody there. Back the other way, Michael, shorthanded, could have a breakaway, he's got speed, all alone, Michael, shoots, scores! Caden Weens into the Regina zone. Over to Flamin at the left side. Along the circle, up top. One-timer scores! Brett Highland. And we're tied up at three. Back around the net, Peter. To D'Souza at the midpoint. Slap shot, good block by Temple. Gets it back to D'Souza. Down low, Dominic Peter waiting. Centered in front, they score! Brinson, right side, Berg, a shot stop, rebound in front, Spencer scores! Ty Spencer has tied this game at four! Two minutes to go in this third period. Weems over the line, in the slot, stops, he scores! Jaden Weems in overtime. And that's how it sounded last night, the Browning Wee Kings 5-4 victory. In overtime over the Regina Pats. Pats back at it tomorrow night in Moose Jaw. It's a 7 o'clock puck drop pregame show with Dante DeCaria on the air at 6.30 here on 6.20 CKRM. Let's go back in time and relive a conversation Michael Ball had recently with Hockey Hall of Famer Chris Chelios. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Stanley Cup champion Chris Chelios. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Chris. Uh, hey, I miss you on ESPN. How did you find your uh, broadcasting days? Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Working with Messi and Steve Levy, who I've known for a long time. Um... Butcher Gross and those guys. Uh, it was a great experience. Um, and uh, a little disappointed it didn't work out this year, but, you know, they're going through some cuts and and uh, it's just life. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun, you know, getting back into hockey, you know, watched a lot of hockey covering the finals. So I really enjoyed the experience. Was it tough being critical of players, being that you were one for so long? Yeah, you know, I built a reputation as a, <laughs> a pretty good team guy and, and got a lot of respect throughout the league over the years. And that was the toughest part. But we really didn't really didn't have to be. Um, you know, I, I think it's one thing if a guy makes a mistake during the game. You know, I've been there and done that. So, you, you know, it is your job as an analyst to, to, you know, get into that a little bit. But you can't let it get personal. You can't, you know... You know, you know, target guys that you don't like, or, or you know, and that, like I said, I think that's that's not what they wanted from me and and Massier. That's more for the, you know, the guys that are carrying us, like Levy, Butchergrass, and and other guys that have been there. Um, so again, like I think, I think the guys understand, but like you mentioned, it was tough. That part of the the, the job was pretty tough. I uh, I enjoy your daughter's work, uh, Kaylee Chelioso with was with Tampa now with Chicago. You've worked with her a couple of times. That might have that must have been a treat. 
Yeah, we got a little bit of chemistry. We're a lot alike, but she's, you know, slowly made a name for herself and, and worked hard, that's for sure. You know, whether, you know, the five years of college she put in, for, you know, in journalism and then, you know, getting her break with Tampa, which was at that time the powerhouse of, you know, winning two cups, getting all the exposure, you know, with, with their team. So she's really enjoying it. And then, you know, she decided to get married, have kids, move back to Chicago. And the Blackhawks were nice enough to, to put her on board. And she's really having a great time with it. And like I said, I, you know, it's nice to walk around town or, you know, walk around the league and the ranks and, 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 and they always commenting how, you know, how they enjoy listening to Kaylee and watching Kaylee on the telecast. Chris Chelios joining us here. How does a good looking young Greek god go from the beaches of San Diego to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan? Well, just the right place at the right time is when I met a kid on the beach, Bobby Parker, who was from Moose Jaw, played in Moose Jaw, uh, ended up being my partner for two years. Um, it was just as simple as running into a guy on the beach, giving him my phone number to the coach, uh, Larry Billows in Moose Jaw at the time, and flying me up. And from that, that was really where everything turned around for me when you know I went to Moose Jaw. The year before that, you know, I'd been cut from three, four teams up in Canada. And then, you know, prior to that, I was just in San Diego surfing and having a good time. And, you know, I, I just assumed I got like from Chicago and no one made it from Chicago back in the day. So I really didn't have any expectations. Uh, <laughs> There's no disappointment when I was finished at 15, 16. And I just got really lucky that I met Bobby. How did Chris Chelios learn how to persevere through, you know, some of the downs to get to the ups to the greatness that you did ultimately? achieve well like i just mentioned i didn't grow up dreaming to be a hockey professional hockey player i just played because i loved it just as much as baseball or any other sport um so like i said even i think even if i hadn't made it i'd have still been playing the beer and pizza leagues and and enjoying that too with all my buddies but um i think that was the biggest thing i had you know short memory and uh when i did face adversity i could put it behind me and then then when i got the opportunity you know i tried to make the best of it but you know i had lots of friends from you know coaches and teammates and um like i said it's, it, it sounds simple but everything just kind of worked out you know when things were going terribly prior to the two years i went to to moose jaw you know i just took it all in stride and uh fortunately i kept working out you know surfing was a great workout my mountain biking i always enjoyed running so uh, when my, my time came in Moose Jaw, I was in you know, good enough shape to pull it off. You know, speaking of shape, that was always a staple. You've always been in great shape. You played till you were 48. Uh, I, would, I would say, maybe you agree, disagree, a bit of a pioneer in that type. Of, we hear about Tom Brady and all these guys trying to stay around longer. You were kind of a pioneer in that. Would you agree? Yeah, um, there's no question that I was ahead of the curve, especially you know when I compare myself to guys. You know, we're in the '80s. You know, guys like Bob Gainey, Guy Lafleur. You know, when I broke into the league, they, they were in tremendous shape for that era. You know, and, but it was just, you know, the training, the the, the facilities. The, you know, it's just evolution. So I, I I just happened to run into a guy in the gym in out in California, and Alan May was training with him. The guy played for Washington. Now he's an analyst. Um, and it just seemed like what they were doing was more. You know. It was directed more towards hockey, and, they, and my trainer that I ended up having for you know over twenty years, T.R. Goodman. Um, I walked over and asked if I could train with him the next day, and I fell in love with it. It was, it was basically circuit training, somewhat like a boxing type of training, and it, um, but you know again uh, exercises that were geared towards hockey players and hockey. So 
I, I, I believe everybody finally caught up when my trainer started training a lot of people, but there's no question that you know I was ahead of the curve. Chris Chelios joining us here for a couple more minutes. Hey, you went to the Olympics. U.S. won it in 80. You went in 1984, Sarajevo. And then you went again here, 2002, Salt Lake City. Which uh, Olympics more memorable for you? Well, I think being on your home in, in, in the United States, Salt Lake, I, I'd still say... For as far as international hockey, even you know, compared to NHL, that was some of the greatest games you know I've ever been involved with. With the greatest players in the game, you know, Mario is you know doing his thing, and you had the Russian guys and Fedorov, and it was just you know, it, 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 it couldn't have went any better that you know Canada U.S. ended up in the final. Uh, unfortunately, we ended up on the short end of the stick, but it was. It was great hockey. So if, if, as far as that, you know, international, that would, you know, that's probably number two. Uh, World Cup, because I've never beaten Canada in the big game. So the World Cup in 96 definitely was a, a big factor in, you know, U.S. hockey. And, and then as was the 80 team, that kind of paved the way for us. You know, the guys like Madonna, Kachuk, Ronick, uh, Leach, uh, and Richter. So, uh, but 96 World Cup was definitely the highlight, uh, you know, after the Olympics, like you mentioned. The best on best tournament, like you just mentioned, or the Olympics. And it's time for the NHL to get back to that, I think. Would you like to see kind of a Canada Cup, World Cup thing again? The fans enjoy it. And it's always a lot better when it's in North America, as far as you know the, the, the you know the attendance, and especially in Canada, you don't have to sell the game in Canada, obviously. But I think the, the fans enjoy it. Uh, you, you got the greatest players in the world, and it, it's you can't have Olympics every year, but it seems like you should be able to do a World Cup. And I don't think the guys, at least I didn't mind coming in, you know, a month early to get this tournament before the season starts. It's it's. It's really exciting, and, and, and you look at the World Junior Tournaments, what that's become, how popular, especially in Canada and the U.S. Um, and like I said, whenever you get a chance to put the greatest players you know, in the world together and compete against each other, I think it's a big plus for hockey. Hey, uh, do you think, I'm an Oilers fan, it was cup or bust coming into this year, do you think they can make the playoffs? They usually say you got to be around it by American Thanksgiving to, to get in, generally. The Oilers aren't. Do you think with two of the top five players in the world they can find their way back in? I bet the house that they will find their way back in the playoffs. That's one of the, you know, you couldn't have, you couldn't see this coming, the start they had, you know, mixed it up. They had to get, do something. Unfortunately, Jay got fired, the coach, and now Paul Coffey's on the bench, which is good for Coffey. He's finally uh, got an opportunity. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, with those two guys alone carrying a team, you know, just to get in the playoffs, yes, but again, to take that next step and uh, I mean, they lost to Vegas, the, the Stanley Cup champions. So there's nothing. They, they, those two guys, Drysital and and McDavid, are they're unbelievable. Watching, it'd be a shame that if they weren't in the playoffs. Chris Chelios, besides those two guys we just talked about, who else do you like watching? Like as a defenseman, do you like Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes? Who do you like watching in the NHL? All of them. But the first guy you mentioned, McCarr, he's dynamic. He's just a real special player and. I love watching that Colorado team. His partner, Taze, you know, he's not as offensive or flashy, 
but he does everything right, somewhat like a Nick Lidstrom type player uh, in, in case. So that's a, for me, that's the greatest one-two combination. Then Charlie McAvoy over in Boston, mm-hmm. he's another guy that's fun to watch. These the, this younger generation defenseman is Hughes, a really skilled player. You know, Vancouver's off to a good start, so he's he, he has a big role in that too. Chris Chelios, Jacob Truba got a five thousand dollar fine for taking off a of Frederick's head with a like it looked like he was chopping down a tree. Hit him in the side of the head. The Truba thing. I've seen him going back to the college days, and he is what he is. He's rough. He you know he plays on the edge. Uh, I'd take him on my team anytime. He he plays right on that line, Mm -hmm. and you know, and he can back it. You know, he's not afraid to you know to drop the gloves every once in a while. (laughs) Somehow, I'm not shocked. Chris Chelios, you'd be okay with a guy on the edge. Uh, we'll be back in a moment with more with Chris Chelios on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. are a very, you know, accomplished hockey player, probably the greatest American hockey player that's ever played. You played for three original six teams. Which one do you identify with more? Montreal, Chicago, or of course the Detroit Red Wings? I wouldn't say I identify more with either one of them, but for sure, you know, breaking it with Montreal, the, the history and the tradition of that you know, organization, that was real special. I, I think I was lucky to, to come to, to come into the league as a young player and, and learn from the best players like Bob Ganey, Larry Robinson, Guy Lafleur. Uh, they're just great leaders, and you could do. You know, and Jacques Lemaire was my coach. You, you can't do anything but listen uh, to them because of the success they had. And then I think it, it, out of the three teams, you know, not that I liked either, but being able to play for your hometown, uh, coming back to Chicago, that was that was really special. Those eight years I spent in Chicago. Um, not better than either other team, but special that I went back home and, you know, everybody that I started playing, my coaches, my teammates, my friends, my family, we were all here. So there's not a whole lot of guys, you know, that get that opportunity, especially in the U.S., uh, to play for their home team. And that was, you know, and then you can't say enough about Detroit, you know, mm-hmm. playing 10 more years after I thought I was done in Chicago and winning two cups. That was, again, um, not neither one better than the other, but just like I said, playing for your hometown, that was really special. Chris, more of a pressure cooker. Playing in Montreal where they were coming off kind of a lackluster stretch when you went there and won the Stanley Cup, maybe unexpectedly in 1986, or going into a Hall of Fame locker room like Detroit and when everybody thought, hey, these guys, it's a no-brainer, they got to win the Cup. Yeah, well, no question. We were, I think we were fighting my, when I got came after Olympics to Montreal, we were fighting to get a playoff spot. Um, I wasn't playing very well at all, and all of a sudden we we played Boston first round, and we upset them, and then you know, we ended up going to the semis against the Islanders, and that's the first year that Edmonton you know won their Stanley Cup. But uh, different, for sure, different feeling when I got to Detroit. You know, at, at forty years, forty years old, 
uh, you know, very you know, calm. Uh, I fit into that room you know, with all those veterans and great players and uh, real comfortable. And I didn't have to carry the load anymore at that age. It was just, it was a great fit for me. So I, I felt really comfortable in the Detroit situation. Whereas, you know, as a rookie, you're nervous and you, know, you have a tendency to do, you know, make rookie mistakes. And that's, you know, not. That really didn't play the the, the position great uh, in Montreal. Whereas I transformed my game and learned how to play uh, defensively, uh, and, and and that's all I, I was really relied on in Detroit. Uh, once Scotty left. Two more quick questions for you. We talk about that Detroit locker room, and I, uh, you know, we're referencing Edmonton Cup or bust, and they are they got a high uh, bar for themselves. But you guys in that locker room, you, you almost stumbled against Vancouver. People might forget that. Yeah, yeah, we dropped our first two games at home, got booed off the ice. They're booing Dominic Hasek. Um, You know, we go into Vancouver. Iserman comes up with this speech that you know. You know we're going to win this series, and you know you, you know we we believed we could win it, but being down two nothing, we didn't kid ourselves either. We knew we'd lose that third game. We're pretty much done. And then I think it was Lindstrom took that shot from the neutral zone and, and got by. Uh, who was it? Cloutier? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who was a goalie back then? Yeah. Anyway, we looked at the interview after and asked him if it was going to affect him next game, and you could just see in his eyes the guy was rattled. And from that point on. We just took over and you know ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Lastly, uh, how do you feel when a guy like me says you're the best American player ever uh, to play this game of hockey? And think about where you came to those kind of accolades, being a Hockey Hall of Famer, that type of thing. Well, I guess the way I look at it, some people ask you who the greatest player you, you ever played against was. And, you know, I, I just think it's different. Like, I'm different than Brian Leach. I'm different than Phil Housley. I'm just mentioning other, you know, American mm-hmm. defensemen. You know, and it comes between, you know, it just they're all great players. There's just different, different styles, different teams, you know, the, their teammates. So it, it's just situation. So I was fortunate enough that, you know, first of all, I played in you know in front of four Hall of Fame goaltenders. You know, Belfour, Hasek, Erwa, Osgood should be as far as I'm concerned yeah. being in the Hall of Fame. He's got over 400 wins. So I was fortunate enough that I was on some really good teams with some great players and great goaltending, and that had a lot to do with it. But my longevity for sure puts me you know in that category. You know, getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um, but I, I would never say that I was a great. There's been so many good, great American players. It's just you know, it's different. You're a different player. Well, I would say you are. Growing up, I loved uh, I loved coffee, Canadian. Obviously, I like Leach and I love Chris Chelios. Even though I wasn't a big Habs fan, your son Jake got married and Drake was at the wedding. Well, I'll tell you exactly how it happened. Ty Domi is a really good friend of Drake's, and I know Drake's from Toronto. I believe he's from Toronto anyway. Yeah. And he just happened to be in Chicago performing, and Ty wanted to go say hi to him before we went to the the night before the wedding party that we were throwing. And, um, you know, Ty, we just uh, met him, and I said, we have to leave. Sorry, it's nice meeting you. And he said, where are you going? I said, well, I said, my son's having a party tonight. And he goes, well, where is it? I said, that's only five minutes away. So we jumped in his, you know, his Escalade with him, and we drove 100 miles an hour through the city with all these cops, you know, like a, a motorcade, and <laughs> he ended up with my son, surprised him, tapped him on the shoulder, he hung out for about an hour until he had to jump on the bus to the next show, but it was it was great, he's a nice guy, you know, I can't honestly say I know his music, but uh, it was exciting for the young kids and Jake and his friends to 
to run into Jake. It was, it was, it was <laughs> but again, that that's Ty Domi, and he knows everybody, and it was it was a fun night. From Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, to hockey immortality, it's a great Chris Chelios. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. That does it for this Thursday edition of the Sports Cage, episode two in the books for the best of shows. Looking across the board at all of our best conversations. Well, some of our best conversations from 2023 here on the Sports Cage. Tomorrow, we have another great lineup. Jim Hobson, Russ Howard, Corey Mace, new head coach of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Sean Bain Jr., receiver of your Riders, and... Another hockey great joining us tomorrow here on the Sports Cage as Mark Recchi will be joining our show. And that, so that's from 4 to 6 tomorrow. From 3 to 4, it will be Barney and myself talking everything hockey. You have been listening to the Sports Cage today, brought to you by Frost at Real. As Real is back, Frost is back for 2024. From January 26th to February 4th, you can... Join in on the citywide winter celebration for complete event listings or for tickets. You can visit realdistrict.ca. That's the website to go to. All of the guests today appeared on the Western Pizza Hotline. If you're needing to cater for an office party, anything else, Western Pizza is there. Available for catering. You can get gift cards and everything that you need at your local Western Pizza. I'm Sean Kleisinger. Until tomorrow, we'll talk to you starting at 3 o'clock. And, uh, well, I guess I'll be sticking around for the rest of the night here. A zinger at night is on the way next. Let's have some fun. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.